This is the I Sell Podcast. Each week, we publish an interview with top industry leaders to help educate you on your business journey. Check out iSellNetwork.com for more interviews and materials to help train, motivate, and inspire you. Now, here's your host, Zach Johnson. Hello, hello, hello. How's everyone doing today? Do we not have a... I thought I'm we no had good, a, I guess. Okay, I thought we had a live audience. No? Okay. <laughs> um, we are coming to you today. Uh, this is going to be kind of fun. Someone I actually have met in the past. They've done some work for us. Um, really cool vibe. I like what their business is doing. Um, I think they're kind of trying to change the industry a lot with how their marketing is going, how they focus on how they target their people. Um, some really big personal success stories, too, um, that I think is going to be really cool for some of the listeners today. Um, they, yeah. they, made, he, they made the iSell Network website. Yeah, they made the website yeah. that you're listening to this on as we speak. Yeah, responsible. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, so, yeah, let's just get into it. Do you want to just kind of introduce yourself and uh, let's, let's dive in? Yeah, well, thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, I'm Jake Kramer. I'm the director, co-owner of Artillery Media, artillerymedia.com. And, yeah, like I said, we, we build websites for folks all over the world. And, yeah, we helped out, uh, helped out the website that you're listening to on right now, I sell, uh, as well as a couple others. Uh, and yeah, thanks again for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. So it's, uh, it's kind of interesting. It's, it was kind of a, how did, how did, so, so I ended up selling you a suit back when I was selling suiting at Dillard's and we were just kind of way right before we jumped on this, we were kind of trying to figure out what, how that all went. <laughs> yeah. You know, what's funny about our relationship, Zach, is we both sold each other without knowing that we had sold each other before, <laughs> you know, you, you sold me a suit and it was an amazing experience. And then I sold you a website and then it was an amazing experience. And now here we are talking about it. Yeah. So tough. yeah, gosh, that, that, uh, yeah, your story as your, as your audience knows, starting at Dillard's and you were, remind me again, regional. Yeah. National. Yeah. Yeah. One of the, the, the top producer for custom express suiting, which is like the, you order them in. Right. Uh, suiting. Yeah. And yeah. And if you have never been sold by this guy, you're missing out on an experience because looking back on it. So I, I'll kind of break this, this experience down because it was I, I it, no hyperbole here. I actually think about this a lot because let me walk through it in chronological order. I was in college. I walk into Dillard's with my then girlfriend, now wife, our project manager at Artillery. Her name's Haley. And I walk in and it was, I, I think like the New Year's Eve sale, mm -hmm. crazy sale that Dillard's does. And I needed a suit and I knew that, but I, I, I'm a very, uh, I'm a very conservative buyer. Yeah. I, I think about it. I process it, which usually means I buy online mm -hmm. <laughs> and I talked to you and, and, uh, and you approached it with like such a, you actually used a technique. I'm not sure if you're aware of this called value-based pricing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm sure you probably do. Right. And essentially the, the whole idea of value-based pricing is instead of just telling the cost, you explain it from the customer, then the value and you break it down that way. Right. So the, the idea being you can't afford not to right. purchase this. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you're going to lose money, which can be done really poorly, but it can also be done really truthfully, which is what you did, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, this is a Hartford... A Hart Schaffner Mark. Yeah. I remember the suit. It was <laughs> silver, Sharks kid, right? <laughs> yeah. You, yep. I mean, yeah, you got it. Yep. And, uh, and, and, and yeah, you broke it down just like that. 
And I remember talking Soft about shoulders. It, about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you got a, you got a memory like a steel trap, man. And you do. I can't believe you knew the color. <laughs> and now it's all coming back. It came back to me just like that. I was like, I remember that exact sale. <laughs> yep. That's right. And you no, know, it's, and it's about differentiating, right? Yeah. So like you could buy, it wasn't, I, we talked about how the money wasn't really the thing that was going to make the difference, right? I said you could spend $1,500 $1, in a suit and not get near the quality that you're getting here at this price. It, yeah, exactly. And so going back to that chronological thing I was kind of discussing first. So uh, you did that. And, and, and then very shortly after, I was actually, because I majored in business at the University of Nebraska and took a lot of sales courses. And I took a course on value-based pricing. Mm-hmm. And, and this popped back up. Like, of course, the professor says, you know, tell time that you've either sold or been sold to really effectively. And, and, and then this was, I was in college. How many times do you buy something with that price tag? Right, right. So this was like a big experience. Now, I'm not just tooting your horn here. Mm-hmm. And this guy comes in from Fiserv, and he, spo- he, he spoke about this whole idea of value-based pricing. And he, he worked for a bank, I think. And essentially, he was kind of in charge of selling these advanced ATMs. Mm-hmm. But the value-based pricing idea is he would approach these banks, and, and, and he escalated up in, into leadership at Pfizer because of this whole idea of he would approach these banks, and he would just lay out the facts. Here's how much you would save. Here's how much you can't afford not to purchase this. And then it was just money. And, and it was funny because you did the exact same thing. You did it really well. You laid it out to me. It was super honest. And I still have the suit today. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't. You, I think I had to do a pull away on you too, because you you walked. Didn't you have to go and think about it? Oh yeah, of course. And yeah, I, was I, was like, gonna, I was like, I was, I was like, bail. and I and I saw him, and I was like, okay, here's the deal. So I I did I did a, I did a full. I cannot remember the exact pitch I used on him. I was like, oh, this is he's one of these guys that no matter what I do, he's gonna think about it. And I was like, how about you do this? I think didn't I tell you to go get something to eat? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, go. Yeah. There's there's an Applebee's in the mall, or I told you to go get something to eat. And I was like, go yeah, go think ab- go think about it, and then I'll be here. Come back, and you did. I you came right back. Yep. And Haley was there too, being the voice yep. of reason, saying, "Oh man, he's making a lot of sense there." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. That's so good. I cannot believe I remember this exact sale. That's awesome. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, I think you know with sales and, and everything and, and marketing and all that stuff, it's it's you. I know the idea of value based pricing. I understand the idea of most pitches, but I think for most people, it's like it's it's an art, not a science. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? And it's like for me, it's like how can I become better at my art and my craft? Yeah, of being the best and doing it with honesty and integrity and emotional intelligence behind it. So that therefore I can get people to really love what they're buying. Hundred percent agree. And it takes reps. Yeah, it's like you have to. You have to just like you, you got to be in the gym, right? Mm-hmm. You got to be lifting those weights every day and figure out how, what it is that you can do to tweak those techniques. So all of a sudden, it isn't a technique anymore. Right. It's just like oh, what I need to do is position it this way, this way, and then pull it back and turn it back this way, and then that's good. Yeah. And you're like, well, what was that technique? I don't know. That's just what that's what you do in that scenario. Yeah. Right? And, and in one of your episodes, you kind of talked about how. Um, you kind of have to remove yourself. Oh, absolutely. From, from this equation. And I think that should be emphasized here because that's a really good point when it comes to selling because you know, you you can either be selling something because it's your job or you can be selling something because you really believe in it. And the best selling comes when those two are intertwined, obviously. But if you remove yourself and and you can just kind of get those reps and you get really comfortable with reading what people are going to be doing that's when you can really, really take traction as a salesman because 
you, you're not so worried about, oh, what if those guys hate me? What if they hate me? What if mm-hmm. I make a fool of myself? Because, yeah, it's just exactly what you said. It takes reps. You got to get better at it. And you got to just get out in front of people. And, it, and, and, you know, the thing that I try to talk to about, to all my reps at least, and, and what I always remind myself, and it, it's something you guys do innately in your business and how you pull the client in and you have them fill out the questions. It's like, if they're not, if, if a client isn't willing to answer five questions, mm. are they willing to buy my website? That's cost, a, a, I mean, a significant amount of money, right? Yeah. And, and, and I think you're very value driven. I think, I think the website that Moose Roofing has, I think is great. And I think it was worth the money. Um, so I think there's a lot of value behind it, but I, if they're not willing to put those questions out in front of themselves, they're not ever going to buy anything from you. And it's the same thing I tell all my reps. It's like, you have got to ask them all these questions. And if they want to stop you in the middle of you asking questions, then they don't want to buy anything. Mm. And that is so many, like if, if any, if you, if anyone that's in sales just hears me on this, do not stop asking questions until you have all the answers that you need. Yeah. Yeah. So many of my reps come in and they're like, man, I don't know what's going on. I was like, how can you not know what's going on? Yeah. You, you have all the power. You go in there, you can have a hundred questions. And I promise you, if you're asking legitimate questions of what they want, how they want it, how they want the process to work, if you know exactly how to sell them. I, I, I totally agree. And there's actually this, uh, my, my wife's whole side of family is, uh, is all lawyers. So there's this lawyer tactic Gosh, I forget the name of it. You can Google it. But essentially the idea is if, if someone says something that you either disagree with or know to be not true. So for example, um, can I give you a free inspection on a roof? Yes. What's You know, mm-hmm. no, I can't. I don't know. Why. There's this tactic. And again, the name's escaping me. That you just keep you keep asking questions. Yep. You keep you can just keep asking deeper. Conditioning. Deeper. Yeah. 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 Like, Conditioning. Yeah, That's yeah, exactly yep, it. Yep. Yeah. So this happens in my experience selling websites. There's a lot of personal preferences. Yep. Right. Tons. And if you don't know how to keep th- that in check, yes. your life becomes a living hell. A hell. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I, I, I like, it really that, does. That is why you worked with me and not Zach. <laughs> well, I had, I said, I said, Austin, do this. Cause I cannot, I mean, you remember our meeting when we came through, I had every idea in the book. I was like, you know what? This is not going to work. Austin, take it away. Word. Yeah, for yep. sure. Yeah. So, so this happens in, in, in creative industries very frequently where, you know something to be true and maybe it's industry standard and maybe it has something to do with an algorithm that you studied or, or who knows what, but instead of arguing when you're trying to make the sale, you just ask, right? So for example, I'm not going to get too technical here, but when you're building an application on a website, there's the dot com, and then, <laughs> and then when, when you're trying to build something outside of just the website, like let's say a shop or let's say like a custom app or a store or whatever you want to build it on a subdomain so like store dot yep whatever and, and again i won't get t- too far into so one time i was having kind of a sale and a guy was asking me a question of like well i i think everything should just be on the dot com and so instead of trying to explain it mm-hmm. which i can come across as kind of a no, like you you know it all because like you do, all. but because you do know it all, right? I mean, like for the most part, like you, this is your industry, this is your right. expertise. So yes, but you don't want to come off like that. Yeah. So instead, to kind of get around that, you just oh, why do you say that? Oh well, I heard that blah 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 blah. Oh well, what did you hear? Why do you think that? And it boils down to and then and then and then and then. Well, maybe it's just my personal preference. 
Well, there it is. Yep. Right. And, and if that's what you want, that's great. But I feel like your performance is going to be best this way. Right. I think it's going to perform better. I think you're going to have better metrics. I think with better metrics, you can get more sales. Would you agree with that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then, boom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, great. So we should do it. Do you want to do it that way then, it sounds like? Yeah. Yep. And then all of a sudden, it's their decision <laughs> yes. to make it. And, and ultimately, the role of a good salesperson is to give them the best value for their money. Cost has nothing to do with it in sales. It is what is the best value for their money. Mm. And every single person, like when you, t- when people are like, oh yeah, he's a salesman. I'm like, if, if you're saying that about somebody, they are not a salesman. Mm. You should walk away from an experience with a great salesman with so much love and joy for your purchase that you can't stop like screaming about it to everybody. You're like, oh my gosh, I had the best experience. Yeah. Because the value was so far and above what the money cost was to you does that does that make sense yeah, it does think of it like dating someone because you're selling yourself yes to, to, to that person and if you just talk about yourself the whole time they don't give a shit no they they don't care no In if fact, you just have a, yeah if you have a pretty smile and you're just very nice yeah guess what happens they'll that, usually go for i mean like that's just that's it yeah they always said i was even uh this buddy of mine he's like man wear a suit go to a bar and just listen to a woman speak, and she'll fill in the gaps, like how awesome you are. <laughs> you <laughs> yeah, know? just be like, mysterious. Don't yeah. say anything, right? So this actually goes back to how we sell our websites, but also structure all of our websites. Because th- think about when you're building a website, specifically with artillery, build marketing websites primarily, meaning that we build websites for folks who just need to have their website be their number one, air quotes here, number one salesman, mm-hmm. right? That works 24-7, never takes a break. You don't have to pay it a, bun- a big, huge salary. A website's great. But how websites previously worked, and this is even going back six, seven, eight years, so, so pretty frequently, uh, or pretty recently, I mean, is the following. Welcome to my website. I'm such and such a person. And I offered these and these services. And in 1958, my great-grandfather, blah, 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 blah. I don't give a shit. Nobody cares. <laughs> I mean, that's what everyone thinks. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yep. And, uh, and so what's happening in this information age is, and I'll kind of talk about this principle here in a second. It's called Story Brand, which you can look it up. It's a, it's a book. It's a course. It's also kind of a philosophical way of building websites that we use. But how how people are being conditioned nowadays is completely buyer focused because of the information age that we live in. So for example, if someone needs something previously before the internet, before this new wave of information, they could just kind of approach and they could probably talk, have a conversation and the first conversation would probably lead to a sale, but now they can shop a lot, a lot. Mm -hmm. Right. And so the buyer drives the market. So, it's much more important to focus on that buyer in every instance. So back to websites. Instead of that website that we just kind of talked about, Story Brand, and this isn't my idea, it's just kind of a roadmap that we follow. Story Brand talks about how we focus on the customer as the hero of the story. So that website that I previously mentioned, you know, welcome to my website. Welcome to my website. Me, 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 me. Mm-hmm. You're putting yourself, the business, yourself as the hero. And the customer as a... A number that just runs through that 
system. audience. Yeah, yeah, an audience member. So what we need to do now is flip that concept to the customer is the hero of the story. And they have a villain. We need to anticipate those villains. Explain to them first, you're probably struggling with this. You're probably struggling with this. I know that. Why do I know that? Because I'm the guide in this story. So you're Luke Skywalker, and you don't know how to beat Darth Vader. Well, meet me. I'm Yoda. I have a plan. I can call you to action. I can authenticate my reasoning to why you should listen to me. And then the character transformation, right? You started here. Now you're here. Sign up today. You're just building a damn movie on a web on a website. <laughs> That's right. That's, I love it. Yeah. It's a, the hero's journey. It's uh, it's been kind of. Yeah. When when I walked in to build the Moose website and you told me Did that, you go I'm to like, the office? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, dude, I know StoryBrand. I took the course. And like filled it out for my life and everything. So then right off the bat, I knew what it was. He's like, oh, thank God I don't have to explain this. <laughs> did this did you go to their office though? It's be- I love that. Oh, office. yeah, yeah. It's amazing. I just want to go in I there like, just to hang out. I like that part of town too. It's awesome. Yeah, we like to, to uh, I, I like it, to. That's why a couple times we're like, we can talk, like, I'll just come down and get some coffee and we'll go over it. <laughs> I got a good text from Austin. Hey, man. I'm right by the mill. Yeah, come on up. Let's <laughs> hang out. <laughs> just want to sit around here. Um, that, yeah, that's that's super cool. And and you know, I want to dig into this because it's a big thing that we're focused on right now. And I think Austin and me are really going to dive a lot deeper into it in the next year to two years. Is is websites are not what they used to be. No, like at all. No, like I feel like for a lot of people, they are a holding page for like a book of information, mm-hmm. like kind of what you're talking about, but it's like, it's like, I feel like a lot of businesses are doing that, doing it that way where it's like, here is about us. And then like how we advertise and how we focus is completely separate from the website. And that's, I think a lot of stuff is what we're focusing on is like a lot of the sales funnel, click funnel, let's advertise, let's, let's shoot all this stuff to different domains that completely offer website. Let's route them through our website so we can yes. have all our metrics on our website. And then, funnel in all of these leads and say, where is this? Oh, that, where, this is what this is performing. Let's retarget these and then let's see how they funnel back through. Oh, now this retargeting ads is coming up. And it's like when you start to dive into that side of the internet, that side of the internet marketing where the website is just like kind of a, a landing page of just like, here is these, this, here is this, here's my offer, here's what's going on. Is this what you want? No, it's not. No, no, I'm not interested in this. Okay, so then what you must want is this, 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 and this. Oh, and that's not right either. Will you quick fill out this quick six-question survey to let me know exactly what it is that you're looking for? Boom. Yes. Yes. And then I can, cl- and then whatever they answer the question, so they get funneled to a different funnel that rips them through exactly what they're looking for. I have Lee come on roof. Is this what's going on? This what? Yeah. And that's where I'm like, oh my gosh, this looks like fun because it's not this me, me, me. It's like, what am I doing to help you? And I know all the sales processes in each one of those six categories. Now it's a game. Now it's just like, how do I make this as good? How do I put me in my best like set, my best game, my best sale on the website and yeah. make it the best every day? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, kind of kind of like the storm damage page on the moose site. Yep. Right. If, if you have more than 400 words on a landing page, something's wrong. Something's wrong. Because first of all, no one's reading that. Second of all, going back to story brand, you have this huge tagline. And by the way, I've, I kind of have this whole, the reason this is so fresh is kind of, I kind of have this whole uh, PowerPoint that I, that I speak at like marketing events and mm-hmm. UNL classes and stuff like that. It talks about all this, these principles from kind of a human psychology level. Oh yeah. 
So you kind of have the Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And if you kind of keep that in mind in your sales process, you realize that, and again, not my ideas here. It's come from psychologists that we just kind of adopt. But the whole idea being the human brain is conserving calories, Mm -hmm. right? And if you think about this from kind of a, yeah, like I said, just kind of a biological perspective, which may sound silly when it comes to selling. No, not at all. But yeah, I agree. It's not at all because the human brain is conserving calories. So the analogy in this story brand book is the following scenario. Imagine you're at a dinner party and, and you walk up to someone and you start to, you know, what do you do? And they say, oh man, that's a long story. Well, it's over, right? Right there. Because their brain's not conserving calories and they see the bacon wrapped figs in the corner and they're already gone. Mm -hmm. So their whole thing in story brand is you confuse, you lose. The clearest communicator will win. So back to your point of websites and how they're adjusting is you're exactly right. Simpler, simpler, simpler. Yes. Can, can, I'm going to take this off on a little tangent. I Please want do. you to back on this. Please do. So when I got into this industry of doing this roofing sales thing, we our pitch book, I shit you not, was 15 pages. Mm. Okay? Because I knew what I needed to say in every scenario. But I had to bring these guys in that knew nothing about contracting. I had to make them experts in two weeks, or I knew they would never make enough money and they would leave. So I was like, how do we get these guys to be not world-class, but regionally like classed sales reps for these roofing companies when there's 300 of them in Omaha, 300 and some odd roofing companies in Omaha. And what we found is the pitch went from 15 pages to 15 seconds. Mm. Think about this. I realized that simplicity, so our pitch now is 15 seconds of your time. I'm in the area. I'm working with some neighbors down the street. I've got an inspections with them, and I have two availabilities tomorrow. I've got a three or a five. Which one works best for you? Yeah. What are you talking about? And I can go through this, but it's like instead of, hi, my name's Zach, and I'm with Moose Roofing, and what we're doing out here today is there was some hail damage that came through it. You lose them. Yeah. They're confused. I don't need to confuse them at all or confuse them entirely so they have to ask questions. Yeah. 15 seconds of your time, I'm in the area, I'm doing inspections, the neighbors are doing it, you should do it too, three or five. Yeah, because that relieves, you know, neighbors in the area, that relieves the whole idea of like, well, what are these? Yeah, I mean, I mean, that pitch is so is so exact, and you're also using a lot of, again, kind of psychological yes. principles. One one of them that I notice is called begging the question. Another lawyer trick, where the idea is if I'm in a, a court of law and I walk up to someone, you know, and I say, "Did you cry when you beat the victim?" Whoa, whoa, <laughs> 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 you know, yes or no? I I lose, right? Yep. And it's not a trick. Because if you, you know, it's a, it's a really honest way of getting exactly to where we need to be. I think it's called a false binary. False binary. We have two. We're using a lot of terminology right now. I don't, I don't don't know, but you guys are sparking stuff that I've read and stuff. Like this (laughs) Uh, is good. I love it. I I think two options is a, like a trick, a key thing too. Like when you're pitching anybody, anything, it's like, there's always two different options because it, either option leads me closer to where I'm going as yeah. a salesperson. So it's like, and all my reps ask me like, well, what do you mean? I'm like, well, so I say like, give me a time three or five. Well, now I have to pick three or five. Mm-hmm. And if I don't pick three or five, now I have to give the reason why. So there's objection one. I give the reason behind the objection, right? Instead of just saying, can you? Yes, no. Then Now I don't get any information. So I'm always, everything I think I ask where I give them a fork in the road, it's because even if they don't pick one of my forks, 
they get to pick something different, but they have to give me the why. Yes. Because it would be rude not to. Remember, remember our, the Wolf of Wall Street movie? Did you watch mm-hmm. that movie? I love that movie. The whole sell a pen bit that yep. he does. Sell a pen. And, well, it's a nice pen. Mm-hmm. Well, sell me this pen. Well, I can personally guarantee. And mm-hmm. No, 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 no. The whole idea being you have to create that need and help that need arise. And it's exactly what you're doing. So in the movie, the actor um, who plays the Punisher, I forget his name. Anyway, he says, well, write me your signature. Mm-hmm. Ah, well, I need it. Well, there's the need right there. Mm-hmm. So back to the three, four, five, three or five. Yeah, you're kind of eliminating the whole, that whole barrier that doesn't even need to be discussed because the customer, if there's a legitimate barrier, is going to tell me right away. Is going to tell you right away. If they have questions, they're going to ask them right away. Correct. Instead of me giving them the out of saying, this is who I'm with. Now I have, now I, there can be a million reasons why I give you any answer if I give you a, a paragraph of information. Right. And you can just say, no, thank you mm-hmm. at any point in there. But if I get right to the core of the issue, why I'm here, one, your prefrontal cortex is so used to being sold something Yeah. with this drawn out narrative of what is happening. When it hits you that hard, mm. that fast, you're on the couch watching the football game. Someone rings your doorbell. They open the door and you're like 15 seconds of your time. I don't want to take any of your time. Neighbors down the street. We're doing some inspections. You need one, two, three or five, whatever works best for you. I'm just doing the area. Yeah, I'm here anyway. It's free. Come on. Yeah. Boom. And then all of a sudden, question, 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 question. Get the time. Boom. I'm good. Now I can sell. Yeah. Do you see, do you see the difference? It's oh, like yeah. It's like pulling, pulling. It's pulling versus pushing. And this two options thing I try to tell everyone is like, man, if you want someone to drink a pop, don't ask them, do you want to have a pop? It's like, do you want a Coke or a Pepsi? Yeah. Which one, which one would you like? Right. Yeah. I have to choose an option. We, we, we try to give these, we try to give buyers outs and, and this all ties back the two options to this buyer focused market. It's, you know who it's hurting more than anybody? It's not the businesses. A bu- this buyer focused market is hurting the buyers. They have too many damn options. Yes. It is. There is decision fatigue that is setting in in such a big way right now in society like, think about this. You go to you go to Target right now. Do you know you can pick between like three or like thirty or forty different toothpaste? Not to me. Not to not to. Not <laughs> yeah, dude, it is overwhelming. It's, it's like, what do I do? And then all of a sudden, what what is the first thing you do? Yeah. Uh, Google. What is the best toothpaste? <laughs> it's like the Aziz Ansari bit. It's like, why the hell do I need the best toothbrush? <laughs> why doesn't a mediocre tooth toothbrush do for me? You know. Yeah. Choice paralysis. It is. Yeah. Like, I try to get all that shit off my plate now, especially as, like, the more and more responsibility comes in. It's like, man, anything that I don't have to make a decision on, like, delegate that. Like, the website. Like, look at how amazing Austin and you guys did on this website. I had nothing to do with it except for a little bit of vision. I said, I kind of like this color. I kind of want to have this feel. Yeah. And he's like, okay. Needs and to I, have X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, and that. don't show me anything <laughs> until it's damn near done. You have a lot of wisdom in that, Zach. <laughs> uh, any clients out there, you should listen to this because it's uh, very, very true. Let the professionals do the professionals thing, especially when they're doing it all day, every day. That was a very wise decision. Yeah. Because I don't have the time nor like the, the the paralysis that would set in on the rest of the business over me making decisions about a website yeah. is not ever going to be worth, like the ROI on there is never there. Yeah. Right? Like it's never going to be there. Yeah. So it's like get the best of the best to do the best and then just leave the rest to them. Yeah. Like your, your decision should be based on who you're working with, not what you're buying. And you see, do you see my, do you see what I'm talking about? People are so focused on price-driven c- 
commodity. Like when you buy something, just innately in your in your subconscious, you go, "I need three estimates mm. to see what is the best." And so many people just deal with that and say, "Okay, I'll get three bids." So they, I get a website. So I have a website bid, and then here's one for fifteen thousand. Here's one for ten thousand. Here's one for eight thousand. That is the wrong question to be asking. Do you see what I'm saying? And I feel like this is where so many marketers and sales and businesses, and I'm so sick of hearing this. I don't sell things. We do. We work off word of mouth, and that's how we, you know we're not in sales. Bullshit. Like everyone's in sales, and if you have someone asking you for a bid, you better ask 101 questions. Because a lot of these companies, like everywhere, websites, construction, I mean, it does not matter where you go, they all are getting asked for bids, and we're not even thinking, what are the questions that you, like, what do you want yeah. out of a bid? Like, are you looking, what do you want, what is the end goal of this website? Do you know how many website companies even ask that question? How many? Not many. <laughs> That's that, go, Okay, so going back to kind of the beginning of our of our conversation about that strategy questionnaire is this is exactly what we were running into, right? You have kind of a combination of many factors. Factor number one being qualified leads. Am I talking to the person who can actually make a decision? Does this person have the ability or the finan financial, whatever, ability to purchase a website? Is this website going to be beneficial to them? Can we can we dig deep? Let's do it. So when I when I went through your questionnaire, because I like actually want to come up with a real solution to this, because I want to like actually talk about like my feeling going through that questionnaire first run. I would love to. Okay, because I think there's something missing there. Because I felt as the consumer side that I was like, oh, like this doesn't feel quite right. So like when I went to ask that, okay, we're gonna figure this out right now. Let's do it. Okay. So when I went to that question, it says, "How much money are you looking to spend?" Can can we can we start with a general overview? So that people what, can, yeah, yeah. can follow. Yep. So I'll kind of explain this and then we'll, we'll continue mm -hmm. forward. So our strategy questionnaire, if you're not familiar, is this questionnaire that we send out to anyone who reaches out to us for wanting a quote for a website. And it follows a lot of story brand best practices that asks a lot of goal-based questions. Because when you're building a website out, there's about a million different factors. You can sell one for 900 bucks. You can sell one for 900,000 bucks. It just depends. Mm -hmm. So we're asking a bunch of questions because we need to have questions that we can then discuss um, to put together a, a custom proposal. So that's the whole idea. Okay, mm -hmm. so back to your thing. Okay. Land on this questionnaire. Yeah. So I'm sitting there and I'm going through there and I, I am a, I'm a stingy buyer, right? Like I am just like I win at things. And so like that's my, my winning mentality comes up when I buy things. Mm -hmm. So I go best value and then I go best price. So like it's very difficult to sell to me sometimes because the value has to be just through the roof mm. and the price has to be in like in, in a really good place too. So so when it comes to that and I looked at that question and but, I don't but before we continue, put a bookmark there. Let's mm -hmm. let's use an example of that because that's such an that's such an important little uh little bit. So value has to be more than price. Give me an example of that. That value always has to be more than price. Or you, you, you kind of use the hierarchy. The value has to be huge and the price has to be. So, so essentially all, it, all it's saying is if I'm paying, so if, if the industry averages, I pay 10, I get 10. 
I want mine to look like I get ten. I paid five. Gotcha. Yep. Does that make sense? But not not price, but just value wise. My it needs to be a ten for a five cost wise. Right. Right. In my and it's like that's not every consumer. But let me just kind of walk you through from my consuming perspective. So it's like, what do you want to spend on this website? Do you think I'm going to give you my actual, like like for a, a purchaser like me answering a blank, am I going to give you my budget? No shot. Why? And we know that. Okay, okay, so so let me ask you this. Why are we asking a question that you know you're going to get the, the, the minimum answer to? And maybe help me through this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're exactly right. And it's not a trick question. No, and it's not the, it's not tricks, but I'm just saying, so you know you're getting the lower 100%, number. 100%. Okay? So if someone, okay. This kind of goes back to how we, we build our websites. Mm-hmm. We can't explain this to everyone, but essentially we have two packages of websites. We have semi-custom. Mm-hmm. Think of it like buying a semi-custom home. Yep. You kind of have... They're all kind of the same, but you get to pick all the little features. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. Like, yeah, exactly right. So semi-custom, we kind of have the bones built mm-hmm. for a lot of these different things. And since websites is all we do, good to great, Jim Collins, Hedgehog, mm-hmm. We developed a process that's extremely efficient and allows us to be very profitable. Mm-hmm. Okay. So semi-custom, you have, you have these things kind of built. Full custom allows us to pull in our whole team, including our owner, who is starting to be like, I'm good. <laughs> so we have to incentivize him a little bit more to kind of come in um, to, to personally work on, on a project. And we bring the whole team together. We spend a lot more time in research. So that budget question... And, and maybe we're kind of, anyway, that budget question, essentially, we just want to know, do you have the budget for a full custom website or a semi-custom website? Because that changes my pitch. It, so this goes back to, I, know, I already know okay. where you're going to go with this. This already goes back to, do you want Coke or Pepsi? Yep. So go on. Okay. So my point is, so, so this is a big thing that I was talking to Austin about. We were going through this pitch and I said, hey, Austin, we, we do, we're doing a lot of this marketing stuff and helping people with this I sell and it's, it's blowing up because we have really good creatives. We've got a, we've got a team of two and it's going to grow and I know that and yeah. I, I can feel it because we just, we are passionate and hungry to make it the best. Um, and we were sitting there and, and I was talking to him. I said, Hey, this is what it's going to cost. It's uh, $6,300. And he goes, oh, I, you know, is that really, you know, like, and instantly as, as, as the people in the business were going, is that the right number? Because we're focused on our pocketbook. Yeah. Would I spend that? Well, that's not the question we're asking. We're asking if you'd spend that. And he goes, well, what if they want to spend $5,000? And just out of nowhere, I was just like, would you rather have your vision match your budget or your budget match your vision? Mm. That's good perspective. It's a good it's a good one. He told me to say it. I didn't say it. I failed. So I'm sitting there and I'm like, in this question, like that question on, on, your, on your survey at yeah. the end, it's like, if it came down to it and we were off by a couple thousand dollars, would you rather sacrifice the thousand dollars to hit your budget or would you rather sacrifice the couple thousand to get to your vision? Yeah. Like that to me, that question would tell me who I'm working with so much more. Do you see what I'm saying? I see what you're saying. It's so it's more in, engaged. I'm like thinking about it. Like, okay, if we got in here and I put, you know, ten thousand dollars down, and it's and it's two thousand, or like here, help me with this because I like I actually want to figure this out because it was like I was looking at that and I was like I don't like this. I don't like the way it made me feel. Okay, and 
And I don't think this is most consumers. No, no. I, okay. This is, I love these conversations. Okay. Please continue. Okay. This is fascinating. So, okay. So, so you go in there and what's a full custom website? We don't have to, let's just talk in generalized terms. Okay. I, generalized terms, 7,000. Okay. So 7,000 for a full custom? Yeah. Okay. And for a semi-custom semi starts, let's say on average. So it starts at 1,000, but on average, it gets up two like to three. Two, okay. Two, two to three thousand. Okay. Okay, so I look at this. Okay, so now if I'm in the the market for a website, and my budget is seven thousand dollars, me, what do you think I'm going to put in that box? Five. Okay, so now you've wedged me right between a really good semi-custom, which is where I ended up falling in this equation, right? I got a customized semi-custom website. No, we got you up there. We had a lot of edits and all this stuff. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to lose track of this because so, this is okay, a really so, good point. Sorry, sorry, sorry. So, so what I'm saying is you stuck me right between full custom and semi-custom on your price sheet. From, from before we had a conversation, yes. Okay. So my question is, would it not, would your pitch not be different? Is your pitch very different to a semi-custom versus a custom? I see your question. Because now I'm conditioned to expect one thing or the other. Mm. So so my my thing is is like we have semi custom websites more affordable. This is kind of the range what's your budget? So and you could just put the range. This is you know anywhere between 1000 and 5000 and where's your budget in there? Or we have full custom that's from 7000 to to 50000. Yeah. Which one do you and you have a little description, a little bit more, you know, similar um this 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 and now all of a sudden, I get to go in and I go, my, my conditioning is, okay, I'm picking the semi-custom option. So I know that the amount of edits and the way I'm going to be able to do this is going to be minimized, but this fits my budget. That's a good point. Whereas if I, like, if I go in and I'm like, uh, I was thinking seven, so I know that's at the low end of this custom thing. And so if I put in 8,000, I'm already setting myself up to be in the low end of custom. And so my condition is this is pro this number probably as we get started is going to go up. Mm. And I'm now understanding that I'm on the low end versus me going five to seven and feeling like I'm at the high end. Yeah. That's a good point. So, so I'm, I, I, I just like, that is something like I wanted to like, as a consumer, I was like, man, I just felt like I was, no matter how I answered, I was going to get put in the wrong box. You're going to lose. Yeah. Because you're, you're the first one talking, right? Because you have to fill out that form that I get to read. Right. That's and it feels point. like I'm giving away all my leverage. Yeah. You are. <laughs> right. But, but, it, but it felt like that. Now, get me to give away my leverage without me feeling like I'm giving up my leverage. And then that works really well. That's such a good point. Okay. So reconstruct that question. Your so, final answer. So, so my thing was that... At, at art, Artillery uh, Media, we have two options. We have semi-custom and we have full custom. Mm. And and you don't even have to put the numbers maybe. But you can, and, and this actually, this is this is great. This is great. Don't even put the numbers. But we have two options. We have semi-custom and we have full custom. Which option will work best for you? And if you would, please put below what your budget is for said product project. Yeah. Because now all of a sudden I'm saying, so either it's semi-custom or full custom. So they click full custom. And then they put $3,000, okay? Oh my, hey, it looks, this is, this is great. I see your budget here. Our full 
and I'm glad that you're wanting to do full custom. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? And then they get all into this stuff of here. Okay. This is what I'm thinking. And you're like, actually, you won't even believe this. You, you click full custom, but at your budget, if we can up that to a, a like a, another thousand dollars to four, we can use a semi custom website and give you everything you want. Okay. Or they put in, um, uh, semi-custom, and they put in $8,000. Then, all of a sudden, I'm like, you won't even believe this. With your budget, we can create a full custom website. There's no question. And if they fall in the middle, I go, hey, I noticed you clicked a uh, semi-custom, but you have this budget, and it's five. We should really look, think about upping this budget a little bit, get some more research behind this. It sounds like your project's really exciting and, and passionate. We should get this up to this. So now, all of a sudden, even if I haven't given up my leverage and I've given you my low number... You can upsell me very easily into something more full custom once you get more information from me. I'm enjoying this deconstruction of, of this form. I, I like it a lot. I'm going to be making a lot of these changes, I think, because a lot of these principles and, and kind of going back to kind of the core point can be so overlooked. And to put yourself back into the position of the hero is so important. Right. And, and holding it where they feel good. Yeah. Yeah. Because I feel like businesses that are profitable and that have a wait list sometimes can kind of get a smarmy attitude, not on purpose, right? Of mm -hmm. course, no one wants to kind of come across that way, but I feel like businesses can kind of sometimes kind of like purposely try to weed people out. I think, and, and, and I'm not trying to, I'm not poking holes in your process. I think it's great. All I was saying was by asking that one question ahead of the price question, yeah, it changes my entire outlook on yeah. what's happening. Yeah, and it also it also opens up a really good conversation when we do have that phone call, right? Okay, so I'll kind of go back to our whole sales process, which will kind of answer a lot of this because I, I like a lot of these points and they're absolutely right. So someone reaches out to us and I shoot them back. Um, Thanks for reaching out. You know, I'd love to schedule a call. Does Tuesday or Thursday work? So yep. I kind of use your trick. Yep. Pick a time, mm -hmm. Tuesday at three, Thursday at five, whatever it is. Cause I kind of do the same thing. Yep. Now I'm just kind of realizing that. Then they fill out the form. That form is essentially just like a talking point. Yep. Right. It kind of helps guide the call and our phone call. I'll, I'll kind of explain our, our whole sales process here is fill out the form, schedule that call. Phone call is starts out with just me asking them questions, mm -hmm. lots of questions. And I'm taking notes and more questions than, than anything I can. Once we, so, and, and then I kind of explain our process. We talk about story brand. We talk about why that is. Get them excited because this is a, a, a journey and it's an exciting kind of endeavor that we're about to go on. And I kind of walk them through, help clarify some questions because we have this, this post on our website called 10 things to ask for when you're getting quote for a new website. Mm -hmm. The whole idea being we want to teach, not be salesmen. Yeah, we really want to educate. Yep. Because... It's like a lawnmower. I know I'm kind of digressing here, but bear with me. Building websites like a lawnmower. You build them a tool. We'll make sure that that tool is maintained. We'll make sure that tool is running. We'll make sure that tool, when you fire it up, it's going to go. Yep. But to use that tool effectively, you either have to run with it, mow that lawn yourself, or hire a lawn mowing company to come and mow that lawn for you. Mm -hmm. Back to your point of marketing, lead... Um, making sure your leads are, are spread out between multiple avenues mm -hmm. and using your website like a landing spot. Okay. So back to this question of the, of the, of the budget, 
You're absolutely right. Because that could that could quickly turn from an awkward conversation. Who likes to talk about budgets? Mm-hmm. Right? That's a weird conversation to have. Oh, you only have five. Well, hmm. What are we going to do about that? I don't want to upsell you to seven, but I don't want to downsell you if you had expectations because maybe you were expecting to pay seven. Right? You're exactly right. So having it more of a positive conversation is exactly the way to do it. I like that a lot. So I just, that was just a little piece of like something that I noticed. I was like, man, that little switch of giving me some options of why I'm giving a budget. Yeah. And, and, and I don't, and I do think giving some form of price in, in those areas, like thousand and up, 3000 and up, 7,000 and up. Yeah. So that they, they can click and then they, if they're doing, if they go full custom, they'll put 7,000, you know, they're good for 10. Yeah. Do, do, you, do you see what I'm saying? And oh, yeah. they're going to get what they want. And then, then I can I can say, okay, are you really looking for, your vision is at 10, okay? Your budget is at 7. Do you want your budget to match your vision or your vision to match your budget? Who in the hell is ever going to say they want their vision to match their budget? <laughs> <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. someone who actually wants to do some cool shit in this world is going to want their budget to match their vision. What do I got to do to figure that out? Yeah. And so that, that to me, like just getting into this whole I sell thing and helping people and getting this stuff going is like, it's realizing that we do not give them the option to like make a change. Like we, we like, we start, we, we do this so often, right. That we, we miss like, like with homeowners or anything, we miss that for a lot of people. It's the first time they've done it or they've only done it two or three times. Like how many times do people go out and buy and get a website designed? In their lifetime, right? Or business owners, once, twice, maybe three times. You see somebody, and and the other two experiences, if they're seeing you, probably were not all that good. <laughs> Absolutely. But instead, what do we do? Is we go and say, okay, well, I know exactly what happens. This is what consumers think. This is what happens. This is what happens. And we, without even realizing it, and like my sales team does this, is we treat them like everybody else, and it's like we have not taken the time to get to know who they are, so we can give them the best idea and then when you give them a chance to run with their vision their budget runs with it because they, mm-hmm. they understand that you know what i'm saying you don't go into a car dealership and say you know i want to i want a ford f-150 and i and i go and i saw on the website you know it's it's thirty six thousand. starts at thirty six thousand. that's what i want to pay well i know i'm not paying 36 i know i want the leather seats and i know i want the sky uh the sunlight and i know i want um, the, the, the nice sound system. And I know that with all this stuff, the value goes up and up and up. Right. And I still want a good cost for my money. Yeah. And that's the thing I'm starting to realize with these, these funnels and stuff is that it blows my mind. Is like, there is a, so if, if it was like, for example, like, uh, something like we throw in a free lead capture that's custom to us. And like, this is where the creative side of like being a great at what you do. We have the best lead capture um, technology when it comes to this funnel. Okay. Typically this thing costs $5,000 to build out a really good sales funnel for leads. What we're going to do is if you're able to, if you go with the full custom at $10,000, we throw in this $5,000 custom lead funnel free of charge because you are a full custom website member. Yeah. What my value is just like, Oh, and then what do you, what do people do? Oh man, you should have seen, I got this $15,000 package for 10 grand. Walk with me through the devil's advocate side of managing people's expectations. 
because for and this is a, this is probably a completely separate conversation. I love it because this is the thing I was talking about with uh, Austin. I said, man, this podcast is going to have more info and we got to dive deeper. And I was like, I wonder if people are going to be okay with just ripping into stuff. And I think this is just fun. And yeah, that's, that's, yeah. it's just like we can actually have a, a conversation. I think people are engaged and learning from. Yeah, because this is this conversation about. Man, so you said managing expectations. Managing expectations because. <clears throat> So walk me through. So so yeah. what I just said there, t- give me the the devil's advocate of like, oh, I don't that that might not be easy to manage the expectation, right? Because I know some context here. Okay. I, this will have to be helpful. We artillery's co-owned myself and John. Mm-hmm. John is a very he, he's not he he does not like the sales at all, and I know you. Whereas I I, I really. It, I like those conversations because I think it gets us where we need to go. John, how he did it before I came along was he would just befriend every single person and build a relationship with them first, try to get them to go with someone else. And then they would eventually come back and go with him because why you said it before people want to buy from people that they trust instead of just a, just a price tag. Okay. So I know what he would say to this whole thing, which, which is, the expectations that you're kind of building are tough to lead up to if you go that route. So if you, because, because you're exactly right. But watch, we'll watch. Yeah. So devil's advocate, there it is. Okay. Take for, it from, take it from here. Price condition. Okay. So let's say it's for a roofing company, for example, how much does that lead funnel have to produce for me to have hit my expectation? Right. Two signed deals mm-hmm. over the course of an entire year, or a course of the lifetime of the of the of the product. Correct. Right. You will with with any amount of research that I've done. Two deals will come through that very quickly. Yeah, and and we use a similar thing where we say, "Remember back to the number one salesman mm-hmm. that's working twenty four seven. What do you pay a salesman on average? I don't know." average company, let's say that the, the average household income for American is 52,000. Mm-hmm. Let's say you pay your salesman 52,000. Your website costs 10,000. The values there, it's pretty obvious. Yep. Go from there. Okay. So, so this is where I'm talking. So the website though, to me, and, and I am a little bit more educated than I the, think average maybe the, the average business owner, maybe. Sure. And I just feel like, for the most part, unless I am driving traffic to my website intentionally, right, through really good Google reviews, um, Facebook, advertising, it's not going to really, it's going to give me a place for them to come read my bio or even use this story brand where they are, you know, important, right, in in this thing. But overall, like, I have to do the work to market, to drive to said salesperson. Which, I'm going to pause right there is a really, really, really healthy way of viewing a website, in my opinion. Because I think a lot of people miss that. Mm-hmm. They miss the whole, if you build it, they will come fallacy. Yeah, because they won't, not especially now. Right, especially now. So anyway, continue. So so my point is, the the biggest thing for, for me, and the, and the thing that I'm noticing about our business is, is making, being the differentiator, and it's, it's small stuff. 
it is it is such small stuff. And I'm like, I know that knowing nothing yet about these sales funnel pages and building these out through very easy frameworks, right, that they, they can be done quickly. Mm-hmm. And if you're educated and you know what you're doing, they work very well. Yeah, if you have a process and that's all you're doing, yes. you become even more efficient, more yes, profitable. Yes, yes. So, so, so my thing is if, if that's something that you guys are passionate about or whatever your thing is, that I'm just like this is something I'm on really heavy right now. This is why I'm using it as an example so okay. I can talk on it. Yeah, yeah. But it's like so like you have this add-on that might cost you $250 to make. For that business, like cost. Okay. But you're getting a $10,000 and you're working your normal margins on that. This $250 is really good. If you're, if you're closing three or five more deals because you have this bonus $5,000 thing that only costs you $250 and you've done this and it differentiates you from all the other, you're going to sign every single deal. And this price point on the original thing is going to continue to go up and up because you're getting better and better at this. And now my value for a consumer like me, I'm just letting you know, that would I would buy this. Yeah, this whole like this there's this like this very big thing from Silicon Valley right now. Like all these tech companies are getting very like it's the price, take it or leave it. Exactly. Yeah. And I'm like BS. Like like I that, that is. <laughs> I wish not... the cameras are on and we could see your face right now. <laughs> like you know what I mean? Like give me a break. Like no, that is not how it works. You know what right. I mean? Like that is not that is not how sales. And they're like, well, we just have so many customers. Like. No, no, you're, you, you, someone at some point or some, someone has hung their hat on that hook. Right. And I'm not saying it doesn't work. I'm just saying, how are you going to create value? And I'm saying, keep your number where it is, but then add some value ads around it. Yeah. So you can keep your number the same. Does does this make sense? hundred percent. So let's kind of talk about our semi-custom websites. I know we're kind of using my company as an example, but this- I I don't want to do that. I I, I love it. It just was easy because- Send me your consulting bill. (laughs) This is helping me a lot. I like it. Uh, You know, I'm I'm being funny. But anyway, so our semi-custom websites, for example, the reason that we created the semi-custom idea as a whole was, I guess, looking back at it to kind of- to kind of create this build your own adventure type of an idea. Yep. Where we can kind of, how should I say, kind of hit the best both worlds when it comes to managing a client's expectations, mm-hmm. giving them the most value for their money, yep. and making them feel like they're not being taken advantage of. Yep. I should say. So what did we do? We itemized out every single piece of our process. Mm-hmm. Took out the things that we had to do, that we needed to do. Yep. Only allowed the things that are options, and we made it public. So if you go to pageinaday.com, hit it, get a quote, which pageinaday is kind of our process of how we build our websites. Yep. Starts at 1,000, and then you can kind of choose your own adventure. Al- so a la-, a la carte. A la carte, exactly. Yep. So I want... How many pages do you want? Let's say 30. Okay. Click that button 30 times and watch that price go up. Mm -hmm. And it changes the perspective. And this really helped us kind of curve the client's expectations. Yeah. Yet make our sales process no longer a conversation. Because when you have something like that, at least from my own perspective, it almost turns into, oh, man, that sucks, doesn't it? Like, that's the price. And that seems kind of like... No, I love that. Because I love that. It, it's helpful in, in so many ways because that is the price. 
it does cost that much to do. It yep. takes us that much money to do that much stuff. And we need to charge that much to be profitable or we're going to be out of business. So it's not a trick, but it also kind of puts us on the same team I to be this. able to, to build something together. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But going back to your custom, like you're still exactly right. And I completely agree. I'm probably going to go home and change that questionnaire right away because asking that question in that way is so much more beneficial because it gets us on the same team faster. Faster. Exactly. Immediate. And then I feel better about it. Yes. And, and even, but like, this is my, this, like the, the thing that I'm starting to realize is you can be the absolute best, right? Like I, I look at so much of this stuff, but like this little, like I will give you X, like for instance, let's even say in the page in a day. Yeah. So it's, oh, we, we do this. Yeah. Keep, okay. Keep do, you do, do you do this? Oh yeah. So like, it, like, and I'm just starting to really grasp it now. Cause like digital online, I did not realize that is the best salesperson in the world. Mm-hmm. You just had to really invest in that, that sales guy. Right. And, um, but it's like, you know, so once you hit $4,000, we actually throw in this, this, and like, there's these yeah. add on. Do you do this? Oh, of course. Yeah. So how does that look? Can you, can you walk me through that? Yeah. So <clears throat> let's say that a customer fills out the questionnaire and we, we, we kind of discuss a number. Let's say it's $4,000. Uh-huh. <clears throat> Excuse me. Of course, we want to first serve. That's on our website. We really build that into our culture. We want to really make sure that our customers are served. But service is not, I'm going to do whatever you ask. If a kid wants to run into a street, that's not serving the kid at all. So we have to walk this fine line of educating helping people get on the same page of why they want a certain way and why they don't. And this is why our sales process typically takes so long is because we want to have these conversations that can be kind of tricky to have. No one likes to be educated if they don't want to be educated, but you have to be educated about something before you're going to make a stupid decision. Anyway, so when it comes to your question back here is when we're building out kind of this a la carte menu of, of, of items, we will critique what they want. Mm-hmm. And we'll try to pull things back, move things around, or just tell them, hey, you know, you only have four. That gets you five pages. If we sign today, we'll just make it 10. Okay. That way they feel, oh my gosh, I just got a $2,000 value. Uh-huh. Let's move forward. Okay. So we do, of course, do these things. But of course, there's always ways that we can kind of improve upon them. Is that an option on like this? Have you looked into these, say, like these hard closing, hard charging sales funnels? Yeah. Yes. I want I want to hear the truth. I want to hear I want to hear what you think. Yeah. Okay, the hard close is just not Okay, but it's not a hard close. Sorry. Hard charging sales funnels cuz they're not they're not really hard close if you really look at them. Okay. They're Go like on. the values are just like so in my opinion, I look at like building this business from small to to medium-sized business. And, like, with that comes a lot of growing pains, right? Mm-hmm. But there's some stuff out there that, like, the information is worth its weight in gold. Just the information, right? Like, if you take someone who compiles, like, if I put together, which we are putting together, but if I put together a full how-to-run-a-roofing sales team, it is worth every bit of $10,000, $20,000, $30,000 because it will literally produce you Millions of dollars in sales very quickly, just following step one, two, three, four, five, six. 
Yes. So so my whole thing is like I like these pages and I'm liking this like idea of like here's something for free. Take it. Okay, read it. Do you like what you see? Yes, I love this. I feel so much educated. Like with your blog post, five, 10 mistakes people make. Like this is, I love this because it's grabbing attention. It's actually providing value. Yes. And then it goes into this, sec, you get forwarded to this closing funnel. It's, it's, it, that's what it does. It closes people. So it's like, so, so you go to the page in the day and it's like this, 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 and this, right? And then on your page in the day, can they, can they buy right there? Can they click charge the card? Or do they we, put we could, I mean, no, but we they, could, okay. So like, like you could easily do like a two hundred dollars deposit. Yeah, right. So so then I'm like, man, you know, then like it's like, boom, I want to buy that, so I buy it, and then right after that, it's like, did you want to add on this? Did you want to add on this? Did you want to add on this? And did you want to add on this? So like, if I go through this process of like, okay, four thousand dollars for X. And it's like, and plus, like, there's this value, normally $2,000, because we know what the hell we're doing, and it did cost us thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars to develop this, mm -hmm. but now it doesn't cost us anything, because we did the, we put the time originally. Hey, this is, now this is $39.99. Hey, do you want this as well? This is $19.99. Did you want the, and it's like, once you get a buyer in a buying mood, like, do you know what I'm saying? Like, I spent four, and I spent on spending six, and I'm happy as heck about this. Yeah. And then I go, boom, boom, boom. Hey, I noticed you bought this package. I noticed you bought this. I am pumped for you. Like, we get all this stuff over to you. This is going to be the edge. So, like, this is this is just me brainstorming. But, yeah, like, yeah, if, yeah. if you go, like, boom, $4,000 website. For $39.99, you can buy a how to design your website question, like, that takes you through all the steps that we look at when it comes to designing a website. And it really helps you to understand how this works. Yeah. Now you're talking about productizing a service industry which is one of the most difficult things to do. And it goes back to how, how we wanted to start artillery and grow artillery from the foundation. Uh -huh. Cause there's this book. Have you read the book built to sell? Yeah. You read that one, John Warrillow mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and Alex Stapleton agency. Anyway, the whole idea, if you haven't read the book is for those listening is a guy who owns an agency that does everything. Jack of all trades. He does logos, websites, SEO, you name it can't sell the business because everyone wants to work with Alex Stapleton. Not yep. to mention for that level of things, you have to have big clients. So MNY bank is in this book as you know, MNY money bank. Mm -hmm. They take up 80% of the revenue. <clears throat> and the whole idea is they just allowed Alex Stapleton's agency to be their agency of record. Right. Yep. And it's a deconstruction of this idea going back to good to great Jim Collins that talks about the hedgehog effect. My point being, if we can remove everything that we don't want to do, focus on one specific thing, become a expert in that thing, then create a process for it. Then we can create, we can turn that service into a product and do exactly what you're doing. But until we do that, it's not really possible to do. And that's why I think where so many people get stuck. Okay, hear me on this though. This is this is I'm I'm trying to dive even deeper down this rabbit hole. So I can sell to other roofing companies this servitized this this product, right? Yes. But I'm talking about something different. I'm talking about selling your customer a book that you wrote on how to design websites and your process that they can read to learn how to best design their website with you. Yeah. And they pay money for it. So this, this is where this thought comes from. My my girlfriend is designing this house. Magazines after magazines, all this stuff, Instagram, Pinterest. 
And then I'm like, what the hell? She's looking at all these designs, and I, there are all these dots popping up on the screen. I'm like, what is this? She's like, well, I can buy that right here. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is, in, this is beautiful. So you literally can build this whole blog post of all this stuff and sell stuff through stuff you're already selling. Do you see what I'm saying? To the consumer. Absolutely. So Austin and I have already had a conversation about you're going a lot deeper than, my, than our original conversation with Austin, my original conversation, because what you're saying is fantastic. So what we're trying to do is we're trying to create a searchable library of audio and written information. So for example, <clears throat> we build a website. Since all our websites are built within the same framework within WordPress, we can make education really easily. Yep. So what we're trying to do is create this archive from start to finish. If we were to build a website for someone, just your any Joe, Joe Doe business owner, mm -hmm. starting from nothing, what would it look like? What would that process look like? What would the client need to do? What would we need to do to make it the absolute picture perfect product, mm -hmm. right? Then training on those things into the future. So we're trying to develop this currently, actually right now, this podcast, call it a podcast, call it, turn it into an audio book. Mm -hmm. But yeah, because that's also a place that people kind of get stuck is Austin, when he's uploading blog posts, it takes, there's a learning curve. Yep, this is true. And you're exactly right. Having something that, because a price tag is not this, a price tag is just declaring value mm -hmm. on something, yep. right? So if we're declaring value on this education bit, it makes a lot of sense that it's going to do what it needs to do. So if I create a course on, here's this course on how to add content to your website, that would be excellent and the value would be there. My question to you is, since we're going down this road, if we created that, how would the customer feel about, because I honestly don't know, how would the customer feel about, I just built you this thing, now you have to pay to learn how to use it. All right. So Walk so, me through some of that. Yeah. You put it into the cost. No, no, this is, this is what I think it is. So it's like this. So it's like, okay, and, and maybe Austin, to some extent, you're right. I think it goes like this. For a fully main maintained website for a year, let's just say it's fully custom, $10,000 website. We're just talking generality so I can... Fully maintained, it's 15000 And what that looks like is managing the expectations immediately. That's two hours a month for, for the year, sure. right? So we're talking, what, two hours, 12, so 24 hours. Well, five grand for 24 hours, that's, that's decent. Not to, man, yeah, not, not to mention the bots that you have to install to make sure yeah. the security's right and the yeah, backups. Right. Yeah. But th no, that's additional to this. Okay. Okay, that's additional. That's, that's the service fee on the back of it, right? Like, okay. like that has to happen. No matter who you do it with, you have to have that. Sure. So, but to, for us to maintain this relationship of helping you understand your process, it's 15, okay? So th they can pay $5,000, right? Or they can pay, so that's lumping it into the price. Or they can have a, 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 a charge, right? So like I would break it down. I'd be like, okay, so 5,000 bucks, 24 hours. Usually I'm pretty good at math, but. Um, so that's $208 an hour. 
that is really to me actually pretty pretty succinct value. I think that's pretty good. And like obviously it's like, hey, you're doing this. Like we're obviously gonna help you out whenever you need. But really, it it has to stay. To, and we had to set this because. Some people just call us constantly and it's just not going to work, right? Sure. And then you understand that as you build this out, you got to make sure you have a guy that's making 20 bucks an hour that can service all these clients, right? But it's yeah. still, it's a good business model. <laughs> that's so, the tricky part. Yeah. Which, right. That's a whole nother podcast. Right, right. right. But, um, but then it's also understanding, it's like, what if we did these annual subscriptions, okay? Which would be, you know, hey, it's um, X amount per month to manage it and it's 500 or, you know, something that's more expensive than doing it up front. Maybe it's $7,500, but they're monthly subscriptions, right? But but then on top of it, it's like, I know that's expensive. I know that you went, you know, down all this stuff to do this. And, and I know you spent $10,000. And I, I just like, that is for putting it together. I built you a fence, right? Like it does its job. But now if you want me to help you learn to build more fence, that is not included in this process, right? Mm-hmm. So my thing is, here's the deal. You're my my customer. For nineteen ninety nine a month, I go through all this stuff, and I put videos together so people can learn how to edit our websites. It's a portal that only my customers get to use, and we've put out thousands of websites. And the cool thing for you guys is we have a Facebook page. You can write in requests for what you're looking to learn, and it's all covered in the nineteen ninety nine a month. And I just put this on a thing for you to watch. Do I? So if Austin comes up to me, these guys are these are guys are sweet. I love our website. Everything's awesome, dude. They have this portal where I can literally search and find how to update blog posts. I can learn, search and how learn how to do this. Like, do you care if I spend nineteen ninety nine a month? <laughs> yeah, obvious. What would I say? Obviously, and yes, I'd buy dude. it immediately. It's like, dude, do it, but not you. But don't ever commoditize it out to everybody. The the trick is the access. Yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? If you've already sold them a website fantastic. Then if you say you have direct access to us, this Facebook group is a thousand people. This isn't going out to the whole wild world of web, this crazy closing culture, this, this, we're focused on service, this, that, right? All the stuff that your brand is about. And then you just build this funnel. Every question you have, Hey, we we need to do another video. Hey, we need to do another video. Now these guys are happy. I don't know how many customers you've had, but imagine if you sell half of them, you know, say you have, a thousand clients that want to do that service. Yeah. I mean, shit, that's 19,000 bucks a month. I mean, a year that's $228,000. And on top of that, their questions you're already answering all the time anyway, and it would get rid of them completely and you would free up more time. Yeah. So that's just, I just think selling. Hey, I'm going to go home and build it. <laughs> I, hear that, Austin? <laughs> Coming 2021. So well, they, let, 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 let us know if you want our help. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but I mean, like, I and it's nothing. I just love the idea of business, and I love executing. I just love like being the best, like not like the second best, but really, like truly, like how can we every day get better? Yeah. Don't you feel like do you run around all day like because you're that way? I know that is that, yeah. that, that's your truth, and it's like for me, it's like what is going on in society right now where we have so many people. Who are like are just so cool being average. Yeah. Yeah. What, what is that? I remember when I was first dating Haley, that was like the promise that I said is like, we're average is the enemy. You know, I think that's, a, I think that's a good point. And I think that a lot of people, yeah, a lot of people miss that. That's a good point. But why? Oh man, now we're getting deep. 
going to break out the whiskey for that question. Why? Because it's hard. Because it's really hard. And, and ego starts to get into it. If you're going to start telling me how to build websites, how to price things out, that hurts my ego. Uh-huh. You know? And I think that to be a good business leader, to be a good business owner, you have to put yourselves in those situations and you have to listen and you have to really honestly want those types of conversations. Right. Right. And I think that's where the root of it, of it lies is just a lot of business owners. Once, once you start doing something for long enough, you can't really hear anything anymore. So do you ever feel that way? No, I really don't like, no, this. not personally, but just like, I feel like people think that I feel like people feel that. Yeah. But I feel like there's like this, I feel like there's ego in front and I'm like, very, I, like I have a very strong ego but like I also have this like the voice that keeps getting louder. The older I get, the more experience I get is this little voice behind that that's just getting louder and louder. It's like, stop for a second. Is that great advice mm. or not? Yeah. Let me analyze. Let me. Oh my god, that was amazing. Thank you. Boom. Get that running. That's a skill that a lot of people. But it's emotional intelligence about me. Yeah, mo- there it is, emotional intelligence. And that is such a hot thing, but I mean, like, man, I, it blows my mind. The more I focus on my emotion, what I'm bringing to the, 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 the room, and what the room is bringing to me can completely change the entire outlook of where conversations go, where this ego thing goes. And it's like, to me, if I can just hear people and try to, like, do things out of love and kindness and compassion, just, like, be excited as shit about new ideas and new things, hopefully that can bring the level of the room up to that. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, I liked what you said in one of your other episodes where you are talking about just being the most excited person in the room. Was that you who was saying that? Yeah. And uh, and that breeds excitement, and it just kind of snowballs from there. So true. People... People... Our drive business. They're the most important part of any business is the people. The people under the, the crazy person. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, 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 like honestly, like, yeah, yeah. Because, because, like, honestly, the people are everything. Like, if I had all these crazy ideas and I didn't have people to help do them, they would just be just that, crazy right. ideas. But, like, when I get to have fun and, and excite, like, this whole I sell thing is going to just blow up, and I know it because I'm so damn passionate about it. Yeah. Like, I can't, I just want to help everyone and like everyone thinks that this like that money is like i don't know evil or i don't know i I, there's so many people i run into where it's like well you can't do this you can't charge that you can and i'm like man like going through that just real quick it's like 99 a month is nothing Mm -hmm. and it provides immense value and you can be wealthy and because only one guy's paying 99 a month you know they all just paying just 19.99 a month yeah that's how our pricing yeah i mean the pricing structure right now that we have is Similar, but we, we're not providing like a lot of educational value, but this is a dream that I've had for so long. And yeah, I, I it just, it, it just, it's good motivation. You're motivating me. Yeah. Good. Saying. Good. <laughs> I, I just like, I think that that is, you know, and, and I always have to walk that fine line in my life of like, that's what I told Austin. I said, man, what are, what's going to happen when, and I'm so glad this could be the, the, the podcast we did. And I said, I got to shift the way that this thing goes. I got to shift the way that we interact with these customers, uh, these guests, because I want to like provide value in mm-hmm. these things. Yeah. Like, I want, I want to like just dive deep. And I, I, and I, and I said to you, I said, I'm worried about offending people. I'm worried about going so aggressively at this thing, but 
now that we did this and, and we can go, th- it's just so much more fun to think through an idea like you're talking to like a friend and going through like, hey, what if you did this? What if you did this? This would be really cool. If you go, yeah, that's cool. I don't know if I, that's, that's for me. Yeah. But, like it was a, that was a cool conversation. It got me thinking. And then follow up. That would be fun too. Right. Yeah. That's the whole idea. Yeah. Is yeah. Having we, people- we, we definitely should. Because we got to have you on too when your wife's able to make it. Yeah. So can we, can we, can we talk a lot, a lot about like the journey? So like this was kind of, this was fun. And I not, loved it. Okay. So can we talk about the journey of like where you came from, like to get into this? Like what yeah. did that look like? And like, and like that process from maybe starting there and cause I don't really know that. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, I was originally from Southern California. We moved here. My family moved here, went to school here, went to the university here. I'm a musician. What kind of musician? I minored in the violin, violin okay. performance, but I play several instruments. You're a little too tall for the violin. I know. Yeah. People tell you that. Usually, I don't fit. I don't fit. Usually, little jockeys that play the violin. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like size wise, it's true. You know, you're it's absolutely true. right. See, hundred <laughs> percent. But it's funny at, at the University of Nebraska. I was minor, so there's the there's the joke right there. I'm the minor, the music minor. So I was way in the back, back of the second violins, right by the piccolo player. Uh-huh. So I always make the joke that I can't hear you because I was by the piccolo player. <laughs> my ear. Anyway, so I'm this musician, and we're in this band and we, we, we kind of tour with this other band and one day our drummer can't make it because I was playing bass for this band. So, I'm, so we're doing this fiddle thing. And anyway, long story short, John is the drummer for this other band. He asked me to be a part of his country band and we start hanging out and the opportunity started to arise where he was, because it was just him, artillery media was pretty much just John Wooten, just his little, his words, cute little web design shop solopreneur I came along and I was like oh wow this is really nifty this is this is really neat there's a lot of opportunity here I keep using that word because I'm a tinkerer I'm a hobbyist Mm -hmm. I like to do a lot of things and I get interested in things I think we are very similar in that way we get fascinated with something we dive into it We, we like to see it grow we like to see it move forward so John saw that in me and so all through college I kind of use this artillery as a case study for all my schoolwork. So I would force my classmates to call, call our past clients and ask them for interviews and reviews. And Mm -hmm. what do you wish artillery did better? What are you glad they did? What, you know, what should we grow upon? What should we remove? And that allowed me to put, so I, I, I productized it in a handbook. My senior year of college is like 15 pages, step by step. Then when I graduated, I just did it and I created a position for myself and we ended up with this guy's web shop. Yes. Website business. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yep. And then he just gave me half ownership because I five, six X the business Uh using all of his principles, his talent. I just kind of focused it, created a process out of it and just allowed for us to do it. And how long has that been? So I graduated college in 20, 2015. So it's been five years now. Yeah. Coming up on five years. So we're like on the same path. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of my exact story here. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so it's, that's, a, that's interesting. Five years. I'm kind of five years. Yeah. And, and what, what do you, what's, what's different now than, than then? Oh man. Gosh, that's a good question. Um, 
well, I'm just as stupid. So that hasn't changed. That's good. I, I think, I think, <laughs> I honestly think like the dumber I get, the better it gets. Yeah. That's a good. Yeah. Cause yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? Like I'm not the smartest guy in the room. What do you think? What do you think? Yeah. I, I totally agree. It goes back to hire the people who are smarter than you. Everyone who works artillery is smarter than you, than me, in, including my wife, especially my wife who's way smarter than me. But going back to kind of that story is what it, what's changed. Okay. So what's changed is we keep tweaking and refining our process. We keep taking it a step at a time. We stay focused on the things that we need to stay focused on. And we have a really, really, really strong end goal. So at Artillery, the number one thing which I keep saying, which is absolutely true, is we want to serve people. We want people to have a product that we believe in that's easy to use, that accomplishes the goals that they need to have, that helps them grow their business. But more importantly than that, we want to be a resource for people which goes back to our conversation about creating educational information for them. So that's kind of where we're at. But as far as sustainability, we really want to grow and continue to grow our recurring revenue base. So how, how a process works with artillery is we build you your website and these websites built through WordPress are professionally made. So they need to be maintained because bots go out, they attack these websites and, and and if you don't have proper security, if you don't have a good host, mm-hmm. websites will crash. So anyway, we have them be on our maintenance and security plan, and that allows us to be on a team with them. Yep. So they can email us. They don't, we don't have to send them a bill. So growing that is kind of where we're headed because that's going to kind of be our end goal. Yep. And that recurring revenue base is going to allow us to do things instead of having to be strapped down to just building websites because mm-hmm. that's what kind of we were doing before. So that's kind of where we're at. That's kind of where we're headed, um, and that's kind of what's what's in our future, I guess you could say. And how do you feel about it? Really excited. That big goal is what's really driving me, the recurring revenue base, because seeing that move forward and move up is incredibly, incredibly motivating to me. But at the same time, I see the evolution starting to occur very frequently of – where could we increase that? Where could we double down on that? Where can we add value to our customers? So like early this year, I went out and I just had coffee with five to 10 of our clients and just asked them point blank, what would you like to see from us? If we could create something for you, what would it be? And I talked with them about it. And they all said, we would love to, to have like kind of continual training or just like tips that you can give us to like use this tool because we just don't know how to use it. Mm-hmm. So the opportunity is definitely there and, I, and I've been aware of that. Um, and the need is there as well. So yeah, have me back in a little it. bit and uh, so, so how we'll, do, we'll you, do it before how, and after. How do, you, how do you feel like the, how many employees do you guys have? We have um, three full-time, one full-time subcontractor and four interns. Okay, so busy. Yeah, busy. Busy. And how is that? And you, you kind of run the day-to-day, correct? Mm-hmm. Like that's, it, it's your baby. You're running it. Mm-hmm. How, how has that been going from being your own boss, kind of tinkering, kind of doing, I mean, doing a lot of this stuff to kind of now, you know, even when I'm sure you started, it was just you and him and maybe one other and now, it, right? Is it kind of, yeah. yeah. How has that evolution been? Like what's some like learning things that have like come from that? Yeah. Gosh, that's a really great question. So yeah, it started with John and I. We were just in 
we actually met at his church in, in, in like the what, commons which church? area. Uh, John's John John goes to Elevate Lincoln. His dad's like a pastor there. Okay. So we had essentially the point is we had kind of built-in office space, uh-huh. the, the coffee space at this church. So we would go there, and that's kind of where I learned. We would meet at like nine o'clock every single night, and we'd work till two, three in the morning. And now I would just kind of learn. I was just hungry. I was starving for this information. So going from there to kind of moving into this whole thing has been, has been really fun. Yeah, really fun. What kind of growth? Like what, what things have you noticed? Like I think for me early on, it was, I, I, was, I was kind of a tyrant about things. Like I mm. wanted to be the best so badly Yeah, in this industry. Like it's, it's whatever you do, right? Like websites, roofing. I mean, we're doing the same damn thing. We're sales and marketing organizations that have built great processes to give great product. Exactly. Right? I mean, that's, that's all it is. It doesn't matter. We're selling the same thing. 100%. And um, for me though, I was, I was on this, I was on this just hunger to like be number one, right? Like yeah. take over the world. And recently, I'm just like, man, you, you know, like through this growth process of just being kind of like kind of a dick to people, you know, I realized, oh man, people are the asset. Like I gotta stop this. I gotta like really take care of my people. Really know that I love them and I care for them and I want the best for them and have to help them understand where their life's headed. And if it's not with us, you know, where can we get them going or, you know what I'm saying? Like really understanding the people. And then all of a sudden I was like, man, you know, I don't have to dominate the country. You know, I'm going to build a $150 million roofing. I'm like, man, maybe I'll build a $20 million roofing company and then I'll go find something else that I'm passionate about. And I can let that kind of, I can let that germinate and I can let that kind of grow on its own. And now I've kind of got the the people that are doing the farming and the cultivating, everyone's there. And now that kind of runs, and I'm just there to kind of help steer the ship. Yeah. And so, like, the, that that process is starting to, like, it's it's amazing, those seasons in life. And, like, to even, like, the fact that I'm noticing the season is, like, so much fun for me. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good, that's a good point. So, um, are you familiar with, I'm sure you are, Traction? Mm-hmm. So, we don't run Traction, but I did read all those books. Um I have a passion for comprehension and imagination. So I want to understand all the pieces like fully. So I guess this first part of my journey has been a really big deep dive into comprehension. I really want to know and I want to really ask the questions and get to know and have people challenge me. So this is why I love this conversation so much. Again, send me a bill, (laughs) please. Anyway, So going back to that is when we were having that conversation with John, I think that I was, as a young guy graduating college, I wanted the same thing. I was like, you know, we could have like artillery, artillery, Nashville, artillery, Austin, artillery, Denver. We can create a franchise out of it. And John, who's my best friend, my biggest mentor, he really challenged me to, to, to really consider it from a lifestyle perspective. Because that's where he comes from. He started artillery to have it generate a lifestyle that he wants because that's what's important to him. He's a musician first. Yep. He's a creative. He's such a creative. And so having that balance has been so healthy for me, which has encouraged even more comprehension and more like really trying to get to the source of what do we really want to do. So I guess to answer your question is this first kind of bit, this first half decade, of me being on the team has really been a journey of 
where do we want, what do we want artillery to be? And I think we're still figuring that out. Because isn't that beautiful though? Yeah, it's fun. It is fun, and it's fun to meet the people that come along, that that are are really challenge you to help you bring along. For example, we have this one intern. Um, his name's Kyle. We're kind of having a conversation about this exact thing, and we really want him to stick around. Kyle, if you're listening, please stay. <laughs> and and so learning how to do that, I've never done that before. I love that. And I love learning about it. And I'm going to continue to research, like, what's the best way to kind of go about that to grow in that way? So I think that's kind of where I'm at right now is figuring out where do we want artillery to be? What do we want artillery to really focus on as it pertains to its people? And does that mean grow? Because if you're not growing, you're dying. Mm -hmm. But what growth is that? You know, is it adding 20 team members? Is it adding to the bottom line? Is it adding our furthering education? And so that's kind of what, where we're focused on, and that's uh, that's kind of where we are. So, do, overall, like in my opinion, I think it can grow everywhere. Yeah, right. I think it always should grow everywhere, right? I think bottom line, I think top line, I think I think a lot of numbers need to be, always be moving. But I think a dollar or a penny on any of those is a win. You know what I'm saying, but it always has to go up. Like I don't know, I I refuse to have a down year. Mm-hmm. I just I just simply I will I with my my will to win will refuse me to have a down year. That's why you're a good good leader, right? Like I just I just won't I refuse it. Like we we uh, we're we have some staff turnover right now, and people are going and doing working for other companies, and and you know I can either choose to be like, oh man, this is shucks, you know we've lost right. some guys, or I can be like. Those guys just didn't see the same vision that I did. Nothing against those guys, but we doubled down. Let's get five, ten more people, and yeah. let's have them more matched up with our vision. And when I, when you look at that, it's like that's my, it's my choice either way. That's gonna be tough for me. First time someone doesn't want to work with me anymore. That's gonna be hard for me. <laughs> it hasn't happened yet. <laughs> I've never had anyone kind of move away that was full time. I guess you could say. Oh, that in five years. Yeah, no one's left. Not a full timer. Wow. Yeah, we have a really small team, and we and we have a lot of. I mean, obviously, we have our the 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 industry in which we are in is is difficult. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of turnover. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like we it's. I always tell everyone it's the hardest, easiest job in the world. Like you, when you go out and you have a bad day, it's the worst day. And when you go out and have a good day, it's the best day. Are you talking about like the sales? Are you talking about? Yeah, my sales team. Okay. Right. Like it's just like, it's like, I mean, these guys can make immense amount of money one day and make none for a month. Mm. And so it's like, now we have a process and a system. As long as they adhere to it, that's never going to happen. It'll stay pretty steady. But it's just like, man, when you do have that day where you're making all this money and then the next day or the next week goes by and you don't have any. It's just a, it's a mental game that you had to play with yourself. What have been some of your, what have been some of the toughest parts about learning about that process, tweaking that process, and refining that process? Like, how has that journey been? It's been beautiful, and it really, really frustrates me looking at me six years ago. Like, like I'm like, man, karma's real. Like how I acted. <laughs> And how I was like so all over the board, and I was just like, 
yeah, we're going to sell. And then I want, I like go on, like just go off for like a week and just not be there. You know, like I'd be there, but I wouldn't be there. I'd be like in my head about all this stuff. And I'm like, man, kid, like I said, I'm a kid, man. If you just calm down, like you are set <laughs> up here. You know what I mean? Like, just like, whoa down. Like you just made, you know, 80, a hundred grand. Like, dude, like I didn't have that. You're 22 years old. Like chill, breathe. Like we're going to get through this, you know? And, like, it's just, like, that has been, like, that realization of, like, man, like, it's you remember who you were at that point in life. And, like, mm-hmm. so that, when I go dig into that part of myself, I'm, like, it's so easy to relate. It's, like, do I you, know where I was. Do you document any of, of those thoughts? No. I don't either. We should. So this is my whole, my whole, so I sell, for example, mm-hmm. is number one to get companies like the one that I came into to where we're at today. Like, I love this, like being smaller and then being like the industry leader. That is fun. And it's intoxicating. Let me compliment you for a second. It's intoxicating. Having the energy, having that passion. I'm such a believer in, was it Henry Ford? Whether you think you're right or you're wrong. You're always right. You are. Yep. <laughs> I think that's so true. And, and, and so, yeah, I think that that's, it's kind of inevitable, right? The self-fulfilling prophecy is so true. That's what I tell everyone. Like I was just, before you got in here, I had Austin posted on the iSell website. It's like, man, it's whatever you tell yourself every day. Like I talk a lot <laughs> and I talk with a lot of passion. And because of that, a lot of passionate stuff actually happens in my life. Yeah. Hey, yeah, the Henry Ford, whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. That's right. That's what it is. It's true. It is true. I've just been waiting to type something in this whole time. <laughs> just I finally got that opportunity. <laughs> um, where, where were we just then? Yeah, you were oh, asked. Speaking, speaking things into existence. Yes. That, to me, is like been the, the, that education for like a younger like, I'm young, but, like, to, like, these guys who are 20, 21, 22, I'm like, guys, like, like, for me, like, I bought my my dream car. I bought my dream car before 30. Like, it, it, like, when I sit in that thing, I'm like, oh, my God, I cannot believe this actually became. What car? An Aston Martin. Aston Martin. So, I was Mine's like. Mine's a Tesla. Okay. It's not here yet. It's coming. It's coming. And it's like, when you, like, when you realize that, like, I wrote that on note cards, for five years, back when I was a young kid, and I was just like, I'm gonna have it, I'm gonna ask smart. And I would tell people, I'm like, that kid ain't never gonna, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> that scatterbrained kid running around, you know, and that doesn't have, and it's not about the car, I realized. Then all of a sudden, I was like, man, the, the car was like, like, the car is not actually the thing. It was the attainment of a worthwhile goal. That's the thing that gets me excited. That's a good point. Like, when I got the car, I bawled my eyes out, right? I was driving. I mean, I just wept at my first stoplight because I was like, holy shit. Did you feel any sense of, like, where do I go from here? No. It was, like, the. it, it was so different than what I thought it was going to be. Dive into that. I'm going to I'm gonna psychology yeah, you real quick. Yeah, So So, I thought when I got the car, because I had, like, driven really nice cars from, like, rentals or whatever, and I remember just cranking the music and just ripping, you know, driving. It, that's what I thought it was going to be like. Like, wow, you know what I mean? Euphoric. Yeah. And it was 
so different. I, I got the car. I bought it from a banker in Houston, Texas. We drove down there and picked up the car. I don't even remember. Oh, we had a rental, and Nikki came with me. Um, and uh, I got in the car, and so she's following me in the rental, and I drove it, and it didn't feel real at first. And then all of a sudden, I got the light, and it just literally just like hit. It was like I pulled up really slowly, and I just like wept, and I was just like, wow. I thought material things were what this was about. I'm happy to have attained my goal, but what has to come next is things that are bigger than myself and what I can own. That Mm. was that, that was what I felt. That's wow. What a healthy perspective that is. Cool for you to be able to realize that. Now, am I doing that on a daily basis? Well, you know, now that's a different thing, but, but honestly, like I do the, the, the reality of like, we're all going to die and me driving a bunch of fancy cars is not going to change the, that fact. And just having those realizations of like, I love beautiful things and I love things that have wheels and they go fast. You know, I do. I just love them. I think they're, <laughs> you they, really do. <laughs> I love them. And, but, but at the end of the day, it's this lifestyle. It's like, what am I doing for the people that are in my life? What am I doing to find their joys and how can I bring them into mine? Right. So it's like it, it literally, that is the, if, if I look back on my life in 10 years, it will be the moment that I know changed everything for me mm. when I bought, when I got my dream car, because it changed everything. I went and built a fence around our garden and tilled the garden and my lady wanted a garden and we wanted our garden. Our family wanted a garden and I did it. And I never would have done that. And I wouldn't have bought the car. Like it's so weird because I realized that the attainment of the goal was everything. Like the, like the attainment of seeing something that I wanted done and completed that I felt proud of was everything. So the garden is now everything. We're building a fence for the 4th of July. Instead of going out of town, we're putting up a 104-foot fence around our backyard. And I'm doing it. I could pay somebody to do it, but I, I'm realizing that that attainment and that memory, that story, that, that note card that I wrote the cargo on, is now the same thing for the fence. And it's that memory that's like, do you remember? Like the girls now are like, you won't believe who I told about the fe- the garden. Oh, I've t- I'm telling my, I told my daycare. I told oh, this, I told so this, fun. I told this, I told this. Like, I, I love the garden. Like, let's go look at the plants. Let's go look at the plants. I'm like, oh my gosh, I have been missing the meaning of lifestyle business. I have been missing the meaning because I think we all look at it and it goes, the fancy cars, the nice house. Dude, that's great. Yes, that's part. But that's number eight on a list of of eight things. It's the family. It's the friendships. It's the way that you go about your your business life. It's like like all this. That's what creates true wealth. But like the the, the cars and the money and the house, I don't like that. Like, dude, 100%. Poor or rich, I'm picking rich every time. Yeah, <laughs> right. Like, let's not let's not get this twisted. But overall, like, once I got that, I realized that w- once you have financial freedom, yeah, you have to have that, no matter mm-hmm. where you're at in life. But once you get financial freedom, your eyes open up and you realize like what is really truly important. Yeah, yeah. That's why we, yeah, I yeah. Maybe we save this conversation when Haley can join next time. But that's yeah. I think that next time. Uh, you bring Haley and then you guys, we can talk about, you know, your that journey. Yeah. Getting out of debt and all that stuff. Cause that just sounds 
sounds awesome. But I think that she should be there. I agree. Be here for that too. Yeah. Yeah. But back, back to kind of your point of gosh, I, I totally agree because that perspective is, is everything and prioritizing those, but more focusing on prioritizing those and then having a plan in place to active, actively pursue those things because and again, I'm not going to go too, too deep into it. Haley and I, we had a lot of debt, did a lot of stupid things right as we graduated college, got out of that debt because we had a plan in place and a really similar feeling that I'm having that you're describing here is what kind of we had of like the freedom to be able to then focus on those other things that we really wanted to do was just this euphoric experience that opened up our eyes to being able to do and and advance in a lot of areas that we just never would have been able to do before because we would have had our head up our ass. And mm-hmm. we and well, you can't, stuck. you can't, you can't move when you can't move stuck. Yeah. When you tie yourself in, uh, when you paint yourself into a corner with all these payments and all this stuff, like I, that was the biggest thing for my car, right? I wasn't buying it until I paid cash. Yep. So I'm doing it with my Tesla too. And uh, I don't know if you've ever had to pay that much cash for an item, but when you get that out of the bank, you're like, oh, do I really want to make this? <laughs> <laughs> it, take, it took a long time to put all this in there. I don't know. But but it is important to complete the goal. Like, now that I've got it, like, you know, it, it's a beautiful thing, and I love it, and I won't ever get rid of it, but but it, it's now it's changing those goals to, like, is the garden important? Yeah. It is. Is this important? It is. And it's like, and doing things for yourself. What I realized was the more successful I became, the more I delegated things off my plate. Yeah. Yeah. So would you say then, because I, I think we both agree, of course, that having those goals is so important. It's right? everything. It, it is. So what would you say then to, let's say that, that, that someone's listening and um, maybe they're young. Let's just, for this purpose of this example, how would you prioritize that goal list then? Mm-hmm. Because. Okay. Come to jump. I know exactly. Hop in. Don't worry about it. Whatever it is for you right now, write it down and go get it and have your own damn experience. Mm. That's fun. Don't don't use my experience to then set up your experience. It won't feel the same. Yeah. And I would never have had the experience and the garden wouldn't have been important unless I got the car. So you can't get take that out of the equation either. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Write down what it is that you want right now. But don't you fucking quit until you get it. That would be what I'd say. Don't worry about what everyone else is doing. Everyone else doesn't care about what you're doing, so why the hell do you care about what they're doing? Just focus on what it is that you want right now. And you better have it on the mirror in your car. You better have it posted on your rearview mirror. You better have it posted on your mirror in, when you wake up in the morning. You better post it on the kitchen table. You better everywhere you go, you better see your goal, and you better make sure that when it's you want to phone in early, and you want to quit work two hours early, you work two hours later, and you make that happen. Oh yeah. And then you call me, come on the show, and let's talk about it. That's the only way to do it, right? <laughs> That's the only way to do it. If it's not top of mind, you know, Haley and I, we 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 kind of do this thing where 
we're, we're putting together what's called a family constitution. Love this. It's, it's really fun. And you can kind of just put down, cause, so on my phone, a little bit about me, on my phone I have this list. It's called things I love and things I hate. Anytime I see something I hate, um, I write it on the list. Can I get an example? Yes. A- an example would be, um, we're digressing here, but I, I love this. No, this is, this is the best stuff. Okay, so things I, things I love, for example, going out to breakfast on vacation, uh, free alcoholic drinks on an airplane. I mean, just so true. I mean, checking things off of a list, waking up to Krispy Kreme donuts and coffee. Okay. Things I hate acapella music, (laughs) razors that still have little hairs stuck between the blades, even after you shake it in the water like crazy. Anyway, so I kind of have the, and it's, I mean, it's, it's every time I think of something. I uh, like, I'm, I've got to do this. Yeah, you got to. It's I so think fun. I got to do it too. I love it. Yeah. The, the love, this the hate is list is, I, mean, I was like, this, they can't be that good. They hand are, they dryers, are. hand dryers, like in a bathroom. Cannot stand them. Yeah, the man. Worst. I'm putting the razor hair and hand dryers on my list right yeah. now <laughs> yeah. as well. Tying mm-hmm. a, tie, like when you Bonded take, when you that. take a trash bag and the out of a trash bag and you tie it in a knot, like a knot. Yep. I hate that because then you can't, and then you got the can and you got to put it back in. And it's uh, anyway, it's my list. I you love your you list. Build your own list. But <laughs> what we've been doing is we start to take some of these things of our list and like, try to like, cause some of them are pretty deep. Some of these hate things are pretty deep. Um, I don't know. I want to, let's get into it. What is it? Uh, like <clears throat> I love a thing I love is when someone completely misses sarcasm on social media and freaks out. I guess one of the things I love that just happened to me, and I <laughs> and I just bl- I banned the guy because I was like, "You're just, you're too dumb to figure this out." Good you are, you are a, you are just a Facebook banner. Anyone I does banned, anything, he's like banned, dude. I banned so many people from like my art, my page, work pages, all the pages I do. Just you don't even get another opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> So one of the things I love on my list, banning people. (laughs) It gives me actual joy. I write it down because (laughs) then we can start to evaluate what about that gives you so much joy, right? Well, when I was a kid, blah, 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 blah. I I love therapy. It's a huge thing that is a a huge part of my life is just going to the therapist and talking about these. I love going deep. Do you you go to the therapist pretty often? Oh, yeah. Changing the oil, man. Oh, yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. So, so this, I want, can we go into this? Cause then I have, I want to go off on this. other. So I went, I'm just going to cut you off. Okay, here we go. So I went to this, uh, conference that was like door to door sales conference for like CEOs of these companies. And like, it was really mind blowing to me. Like some of these guys are like $180 million businesses running 180 million. I mean, we're talking like that. They got some coin. Yeah, yeah. Right. Like, I mean, it's, it's different level stuff and talking with them and going through them. This helped me with some realizations, but I also really dug deep into like this whole idea of relationship that, that I have to have better relationships with my friends, my, my, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And this whole thing came about and like, I really do want to find this therapy piece of my life now. It's kind of come up and I, and there's this whole thing where I'm realizing that in this, I sell platform. I want to have this whole area of kind of called holding space because it helped me realize that like sometimes in my life, I want to fill the void or I want to constantly be selling something or selling an idea or 
And sometimes the most important thing for me and in the therapy of my relationship, in the therapy of myself, is just hold some space open to just let things happen. Mm. So that's my little therapy piece. I, I <coughs> like that. I really that really was powerful to me. So let's dive in. No, that's 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 really good. That's a good point because you can kind of apply that in so many different ways. In conversation, that makes you listen more. In your calendar. It makes you have better self-care. Um, you name it. In your house, you're not so attached to things. You got space. That's a really good point. I like that a lot. I'm sorry, I derailed this constitution, this this family Oh, yeah, yeah, we're back to that. Okay, so when we're kind of talking about these things I love, things I hate, it allows us to kind of get at the core of things that motivate us, right? Um, if Haley really loves long conversations that go way over time and i hate that well let's start talking about that so our constitution is kind of this running list of things that we're trying to solidify on things that we want to teach our family to do so that we have purpose when it comes to decision making because belief i think is so important of knowing your worldview right i'm a believer i believe god's word is truth but I also know that that's not a really common opinion, right? So knowing that, though, really helps guide guide conversation when it comes to your own family. So that's kind of why this whole this like whole tattoo sleeve is kind of a deconstruction of our like family constitution. That was the whole idea, mm-hmm. because it really helps us kind of understand each other and what we're thinking, and also helps us focus on the things that we really want to achieve together and it's just something fun it's just something really fun that we're kind of doing together and it's kind of helping us it's kind of guiding date night it's kind of guiding yeah so important to have all those things and then that i think you realize that that's all the that's all the important shit yeah like the date nights like the all these little things you're like i'll put that off but like no you should never you know what i mean like you should never really have these sacrifices that that's the true lifestyle business mm-hmm. of like you have the date night and it's fun and it's amazing and no matter how stressed you are to decompress and let it go and just get in that's another thing like for me like like beings that you like this whole like this there like i feel like do you feel like presence nowadays is just shit oh, from no, people no. yeah i so is that is number one most thing i hate people who aren't present i swear to goodness that is on my list yeah and it's, it's almost everyone nowadays. And it's a skill that's going away, right? There's another skill that's just kind of fading. I, I do the same thing. I'm bad at that. I'm really bad at that. But you know what I'm talking about. When yeah. you have a conversation and you are so in it, and then all of a sudden it just... Yeah. It's, it's like, <laughs> what? Or how do you feel about this? It's like someone kicked you in the nuts. I, I don't know. Are you not here right now? Let's do this. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, Yeah, I, th- I think there's just a... Uh, there's, uh, man. A lot of people... Yeah. Some people, yeah, some people love those conversations and some people want to run from those conversations and some people, yeah, like myself, sometimes fall into the trap of losing losing the, the ability to kind of stay present. But but I think if you have the awareness to, to stay present, that's where it all comes from. Mm. Keep going on that thought. So, so like, like in, in, in my relationship, for example, like, it's I am always focused on hyper presence. I'm like, how can I be so present right now 
like I and I have all these like little mini exercises I've designed for myself. So I'll, like look at the color of the room and I'll f- feel what it smells like and I'll try to like feel the kind of the air movement and is it cold? Is it hot? Is there like I feel like all oh, the whole moment. I feel what my feet feel like. I feel this pressure and I'm like, <sighs> and then all of a sudden I feel like this immense amount of love and gratitude, right? Like every time, like it's just like I'm, like, oh my god, I'm alive. Like, where do you think is, that? Where do you think that comes from? Where do I think what comes from? Just that that whole feeling, like just the the awareness. Oh yeah, like when you really realize what this is, like right now, like boom, I just felt it, and it's like real, real presence when it hits. It's like it's like dopamine on a million like mile journey, right? Because you're like, oh my god, like I'm a human being with conscious thought that's having to have this amazing conversation right now. This is incredible. What a healthy way to look at it. How is this even possible? We're spinning on a ball in the middle of space time <laughs> that goes forever. Having an intellect where we understand each other that now we can put this into the airwaves and share it with other people who can listen to it and maybe it will change their perspective on life. Holy cow. And that's what I'm thinking about a lot. Yeah. Because, but I force myself. And so, so in my relationship, it's like she is women, I think, in general, they're very good thinkers. And it's good because it, the worry actually protects the family, right? It's like they are there to kind of make sure everything has a place and a spot and, and keep the, the family unit together and safe, right? Like that, that really in the family structure is like really the, that role. Mm. And so sometimes I feel like in my relationship anyway, it's like the presence isn't there because she's thinking about this or this or this or this. And so it's like, yes, people want to run from the conversation, but holding it, just saying, hey, I'll hold some space so you don't feel the need to run so that you can come into presence and be here right now. And if you want to say nothing, that's fine as long as you're here. So let's take that back to the sales process that we're talking about Mm -hmm. because I totally agree. What does that look like? Does that look something like just waiting, just patience, holding space? I like that a lot more than being silent. Oh, holding space is everything because I can't, I hate listening when I don't want to listen. Okay. Did you, you hear me? Oh yeah. Every man hates listening. Go, go ahead. <laughs> Will you just true. listen? No, I'm not going to listen. I have points to make here. But if I say, dude, it's your job in this room to hold this space down. Oh, I could do that. I hold dude. space better than anyone else. I, mean, I don't tell me what to do. Right? <laughs> but it's, it's true. Like the ego goes, yeah, I, I got that. I can hold this. Yeah. And so it's like, if we can do that in every facet, it allows people to, expand and open up and in sales the same thing it's like what are you wanting what do you boom boom hold space and then my thing is is like why are why am i here in sales why am i here that's a presence asking question like i'm bringing the fact that i am here to you why is it that i'm here now we're here now what we're we gonna do I mean, that's, that's, uh, that's how I think you sell really well. Like, why are we here? Why am I here? Have you ever just asked that? All the time. Really? What are some, what are some responses? Well, you know, we need to get our roof done. We had hail damage. Oh, great. Great. What's the thing that's most important to you about this whole thing? Hmm. We find that most consumers are focused on communication and cleanup. In contracting, we notice that's, that's, that's everything. Are one of those two things, have you ever had any problems with those? Wow. 
no, we've always had great. I'm glad you haven't had that problem, and that's something that we really pride ourselves on. So there'd be no problem with that moving forward. So outside of those two things, what things are you really focused on about the project? And then there's a plethora, there's two, three, four answers that come out of that, and then it's just you run it. But it all comes back to being confident to hold that space. Confidence is everything in sales. Like, like people, like, to me, like, in the same thing you're talking about with your, your business partner. Yeah. Either you want me or you don't. Go try the other guy. But you do that with an emotional intelligence to say, like, let's not even make you go down that path. And you just hold it. Like, I just had a deal the other day when it was like, I know it's a it's a warranty issue with a shingle manufacturer. and It's not going to matter. But they give them all the money to replace the roof. But they need to get two bids every time, right, To to so that the company's making sure that it's legitimate. Sure. And I said, I, I go, and I've been, I've been on these deals. When I first got in and you're hungry and you want to get the deals, I just walked up to him and I said, hey, so this is one of these deals. You need two bids. Is my, am I the guy you want to use or am I the guy you don't want to use? And he goes, whoa, whoa. I said, I said, no, no, honestly, it's like not a big deal at all to me. Like I believe in karma and making sure this goes right. So if you, the contract you use last, if you love him, is there anything I could do to change and earn your business? Mm, probably not really. Okay, that's exactly what I thought. So, so what I'll do is once you get the bid from him, just go ahead and send it to me. I'll make sure my bid's a little bit higher. That gets approved every time and you'll be ready to roll. He goes, you do that for me? I was like, yeah, let me take a couple photos in case that you want me to do this and something doesn't work out. But if not, like, karma will be good. If you just write me a Google review, told, told, told people I helped you out, that'd be great. <laughs> Guess what happened? Got the deal. Call me back. Hey, can you just do this thing for me? Absolutely. But it's, it's emotionally intelligent to do that. Like, instead of, what did that guy feel like when he called me out? God, I feel like shit. I'm making this guy <laughs> come all the way out here. He's going to do all this work. And I already know I'm not giving him the business. I'm just doing it because this company's making me do this. When I just say, I know how this works. You need to get two bids. Which ones are you going to do? If you don't want to use me, I am fine with that. Like, let's just get this out on the table. I just like to shoot it straight. Yeah. You want to do this? You want to do that? Great. Done. Yeah. And I feel like it. honesty is the best, like, it's the best way to sell anything. But it takes so much confidence and so much courage to What's, have that but conversation. What, but is it courage, though? I don't think it's courage. And I don't even think it's confidence. I think it's the ability to just speak truth. And ex think that people are going to accept but it. But that takes courage. That oh, takes man, a maybe. lot of courage. Okay. Maybe. I agree. Okay. I just That's just so innate in me. Yeah. So I don't feel like it's cur it takes courage, but like, I, yes. But it does. It is. And I feel like the more like, I'll tell cus like higher end clients are like, you're standing to make a lot of money. I'm like, yeah, I'll make 38.5% on this deal. That's what I'm going to make. But I'm worth it, am I not? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Man, that like, transparency is I intoxicating. Just, well, I think people are just like, geez, like, you're really good at what you do then. If, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. do you, know, you know what I'm saying? 100%. Uh, 100% agree. And I think going back to the conversation of kind of what we had at the beginning of talking about kind of the buyer focused, how the, the market is shifting to the buyer, meaning that it was previously the seller. So the buyer is kind of in... They feel like they're in control, but they are, they are losing. They are losing because everyone is trying to give away something exactly. for free. And what they do not understand is true. Like, 
it's all marketing tactics. And what I'm giving you is I want them to give, like, I want you, I know you're going to give them the best product. You understand? Yes. But you as a whole and me as a whole cannot compete in the market unless we have a value add giveaway. It's true. We can't truly be the biggest, baddest, best because we can't get in front of enough, enough people because the price can sometimes push people away from what they really need. But if they understood what it is they're getting with all of this other stuff, they would never do that. So sometimes I have to get in front of them to show them why that is a bad idea. And if I'm able to get in front of them with some hokey thing, I'll even say, now, this is actually a $5,000 deal. It will get you deals, but this is only going to cost me about $250 to do for you. So I don't want to try to get this twisted and make you feel like I'm like giving you, it's, it's, it's about, it's going to cost me about $250, but it will produce you $5,000. So it is truly value. But you need this $10,000 website. Mm-hmm. You need this. Do you see why I'm twice as much as the last guy? Did he even ask you one of these 20 questions I did? <laughs> or did he just say, what colors do you want and what is your business? Exactly. Oh, and I can do a logo for this. No. You want the guy who doesn't ask any questions to design your logo? Are you kidding me? <laughs> That's 100% right. It's 100% true. And I think there's going to be a massive shift in the leaders. I hope. I hope that shift continues it's up the chain. It's going to. It has to. It's go because it's the only way to win. It's the only way, and it's the only way to win when, win win. When the buyers customers are, gonna, are getting the best value, buyers buyers are getting the best value, and and buyers can figure that out any, any way. Yes. Either way. Yes. So if you don't tell them, someone else will, and you better be the one to break that news to them. It's like what is the quote that I see? You think hiring a a Good roofer is expensive. Try hiring a bad one. Yeah. It's it's the same thing in your... It's like, dude, don't even go down that path. And if you want to, best of luck to you. I won't even waste another second of your time. This is, this is a good point to just kind of speak that into existence because that's a really awkward conversation. Like you said, when you said that, the guy kind of... There's probably even a physical backing away. Yes. Whoa. But, but you want that. Okay, can I talk you through why I do it the way I do it? Please. Because there is some science behind it. It's the push-pull method. I want to do something that's going to evoke a lot of emotion and a lot of discomfort. Okay? So I'll say something like, I know how this process works. This is probably what you're looking to do. Hey, don't worry. I got gotcha. you. This is exactly, I believe in karma. I believe in all this stuff. So I, I get him to pop, right? Like he's like, ah. Then, then I can become a friend and walk him and pull him through the process. And I don't know if you ever try to push somebody versus pull them, but it's a very different experience. Yeah. <laughs> you can grab somebody by the hand and pull them just about anywhere, and they'll follow you almost anywhere. But try to sh- push somebody to where you want them to go. <laughs> you get punched right in the face. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And yeah. so that's it for me is like, that's my whole thing is evoke very big emotion front side and then work backwards by pulling them through the system. How has your experience and maybe even struggles been teaching that? Immense. Walk me through that. Well, I think the biggest thing is that people don't want to do what they're not comfortable with, right? Oh, yeah. 
That's why it takes courage to do. Yeah. So, but in sales, it's like we, we, we try to build them a system that works without having to do all of this, like be super EQ. We built it into the pitch. So it's like, do this price condition, hit them here, pull them here, show this video. That's going to pull them here. Do this, 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 this. It's all pulling towards a common goal so that they don't have to feel it as much. Mm-hmm. For me, though, like I am like, hey, here's the deal. You're busy. I'm busy. Yes. Let's make sure we make this as painless and easy as possible. What's the most important thing to you? Yeah, that makes me think. Is okay. it price? Is okay. it yep. honesty? Okay, so Is it- do you see the difference between your reaction there? And versus earlier when I did it. Yeah. Direct, powerful, that's undermining, right? Or there's this, right? This is a pitch that I teach. It's like, I got text all over my phone here. But I go, this is the reason why I do this. 100%, these these people on my phone, this is the reason I do this. And do you think I would stake my livelihood or their livelihood on putting a bad product on your property? Dang. I mean, do you think I would do that? A lot of power in that statement. No, no, I wouldn't. Of course not. So what I need to know from you, what do you what is what do you find most important about this process? Cuz I got to make sure that my word and what I put on this thing is going to be something that you're super happy with. Yeah. What is that? Done. Yeah. Objections out, handled, done, signed. And they're happier. This is the thing too like and then we'll have to we'll have to cut this off. So the big thing for people in sales is they think about price, okay? But it's it's so bizarre to me because, like, I like this water. This water costs $2.50 a bottle. That's outrageous, okay? That's dumb. The margin is crazy, Okay. I could go find a bottle of water for 25 cents if I bought the big ones from Costco. Yes? Yep. Oh, yeah. But there is something different to me about drinking this one. I like it better. I think it tastes better. But I don't look at that. I do. But my salesmen don't look at that and go, I just paid, and I gave profit of $1.90 on this bottle of water to that company. Okay? They don't think that. But they see all the inner workings of, of this company or your company, and they go, Oh, you know, if I figured this out, we only did that for a thousand dollars. We're making nine grand. This is a ripoff. Mm. There is there is a struggle with that amongst but, honest people. But that's not that's not the truth. They're not looking at the value. They're only looking at the cost. You see what I'm saying? Like Absolutely. you have to have a holistic perspective to. Uh, out, that's why any customer asks me what I make, I'll give them the percentage every time. If they really want to know, what are you making this? And I won't go under this, and that's why I'm here. Okay. I I've had like five or six people be like, "Nope, this is what I want." Okay, we're just not, it sounds like we're not. Well, the if right they say 38, I want 18. Oh yeah, we're just not the right fit. There you go. But I don't pull that out unless I know that they're done. For sure. And they just need to they just need to feel like some extra oomph of trustworthiness. It's like, do you think I'm like making a million dollars here? Like, no. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm gonna make thirty eight hundred dollars. Like, is that does that seem unreasonable for all the work I did with your insurance and this and this and this? Yeah. And by the time we get the cruise out and by the time we send you a bill, 
and we mail that to you, and then we get the collections, and then I got a lady there that does that. Pay for your hosting costs for your website. <laughs> right. But do but, but you see what I'm saying? Like by the, by the time it's all said and done, it's like it's about building value, and that, to me, when you were asking about the sales part of it, the sales rep has to believe in the value, and what, what I've realized is it said, I said, so if you had to do all of this by yourself, how much would you want to make? If I had to do it all? Well, I'd want to probably make about thirty eight hundred bucks. Uh, yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or there's some guy that's like, I can be honest, and I'm like, and I'll and I'll do it for this at with eighteen percent. I'll make eighteen hundred dollars. Okay, do it. Yep. But you're just not going to be here because I believe in providing immense value, and I know I can't grow and provide more innovative content and an education platform and all this stuff if I'm only charging eighteen hundred dollars. If I'm only getting eighteen hundred percent or eighteen hundred dollars profit. I know where my margins have to be to give the best quality product right now and in 10 years. Mm. And when the culture of the company and of the salesperson understands that and sees it and sees it, not just talks the talk, but walks the walk, everything changes. I think they, they have the confidence to say why it is that you charge X number of dollars. That's a great point. Something that I'll be taking with me. Cool. Well, thanks for coming on, man. We'll do this again. This is a blast. This is awesome. This place is sweet. Thank you. Well done. Well done, Austin. Well done, Zach. Thanks, man. Thanks for coming on. Can't wait to have you back with uh, your wife. Talk about how you guys. Real quick, let's do a teaser. So tease like what you guys accomplished. Okay. Yeah, my wife and I graduated, got married. We were in seventy-three thousand dollars of debt, and we paid it all off in about thirty months. Yeah, see, that's going to be a good story. We're we're coming back. That's part two, baby. (laughs) All right, love it. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it.